we've had a really good bounce across the entire market. So we'll see if it uh, if it gets if it could hit some level of uh, support because the the Bitcoin and Ether charts there right now Ethereum is they're kind of at resistance, aren't they? Yeah. So Ethereum Ethereum has a lot more. There's definitely a lot more force on the Ethereum chart. It's had a really nice really nice bounce and the 20 week moving average on the ethereum price chart is around i would say 26 to 2700 dollars so inevitably i'm just expecting some kind of uh, retest at some point on both the bitcoin and ethereum price charts and uh that's gonna be that's gonna basically be the real test that determines whether this is a fake out rally or whether because it's it's going to be one or the other either this was a massive uh bear trap or it's a massive bull trap and one side is going to be very heavily very heavily punished if they're over over uh overexposed i guess on depending on what your bias is so um you know my rule of thumb always be ready for you know what the market all the possibilities in the market so so you I think like the retest could be like uh big like all the way back down to like high 20s for bitcoin um so i would say that that's the case if the 20 week breaks down so right now the weekly candle for the bitcoin price chart is around forty four thousand dollars. it's trading close to 46k now i uh, i would like for that moving average to hold as support on the weekly like wicks below our fine but the weekly closes are going to be pretty telling. So uh, we're we're still within fractals that historically say bull trap. But um, there there was one instance during the uh, during the entirety of of Bitcoin's price history where it actually recovered back above the twenty week moving average, and that was during the the twenty thirteen double cycle where it recovered and held it as support. But right. then the, the the next time it did that during the the 2014 bear market, it briefly recovered, held it as support, and then broke down. So I, I kind of imagine at some point we'll go through like a one to two month. We could actually see a one to two month period where the price is just kind of bouncing and retesting that level. And then it's, I, I think at, at that point, somebody has to make, you know whatever decisions and if if it breaks down they're just gonna have to hold on to uh coins for for a little while so right yeah it's it's interesting here too because like you have i mean richard's not richard hart's not the only one um i think there's another uh, like crypto whale account um mm -hmm. that's pretty famous he's calling for the bull trap too so we've had you know a lot of these reactions to where we do this run up and then come back down and then get the second bull trap wave, I guess you could call it. Yeah. And then we fall. And this is aligning with that kind of. Mm -hmm. It took a little longer this time uh, as opposed to the last cycle where it just like just went down to what 8K and then shot right back up to 17 or something ridiculous. Yeah. And, but this one's been months and mm -hmm. it just gives me a little pause this time because people are so attuned to the game now to where it's like, oh, well, this has happened so many times before. And it just seems like in the markets that once you start to get used to a specific trait or a pattern, then people, more people start to pick up on, on it and then it just flips. And yeah. it doesn't happen that time. 
Sure. And it's it's going to be interesting to play out. And the other thing is is I'm a stock to flow guy. I keep saying that. I've said that. So I haven't yeah. endorsed uh, Richard's uh, Richard Hart's uh, 10k uh, price target. Mm-hmm. I I can see it go down to 20k just because sure. that was the old high. Yeah. Um, eventually, I'm not saying it's it's going right there right now, but um, you know the stock to flow. It's right until it's wrong, and it, it's not wrong yet and there are also the guys with the uh what is it the rainbow band charts and if you Mm. do like the slow parabola it's still right in right in the middle for those so it's like what what chart you know do you look at and you have your indicators so that's what makes a market it's the total definition of it and everybody has their view and you know more people are coming into the market so it's just it's it's a it's a battleground that I prefer to stay away from just in terms yeah. of in terms of my trading and my my dollars. I'm not gonna bet on a breakout here. I'm not gonna bet I'm not gonna go short on yeah. you know, Bitcoin or Ethereum. I'm just gonna sit back and watch and you know hold what I'm comfortable with and any other cryptos. Although I do own some Bitcoin Ethereum, I'm just not trying to trade them. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And I, I would highly or like anybody listening to you, I'm not endorsing the the trading either. I'm I'm just going off the reading the tea leaves the price chart. so because <laughs> uh, that that's what makes the speculation fun so there's gonna oh, be yeah. the two sides but yeah the the best strategy long term is to do nothing um and if that means you know not looking at things for a while then i guess whatever helps the the mental psychology so uh yeah i i i'm i, I would say with what i've seen between the stock to flow model and there's a guy on on Twitter, a Plancy that collects a lot of on-chain data. Things look really good from the on-chain data. So um, one thing I haven't quite really compared is the on-chain data versus certain fractals on the price chart. And really, the main one I, I would really be interested in seeing is what the the top wallets are doing. And and this is stuff you can you can check on Glassnode where uh, you can you can select different bands based off Bitcoin holders and then see what they're um, if they're slowly buying or if it's tapering off. I haven't really compared versus the historical fractals. So yeah, to me, it seems a little bit, a little bit early to have a uh, basically go into like a, a bear market, so to say. Um, yeah. It, it felt like it, we just entered, like I, I know crypto moves fast, but I mean, it was yeah. like late last year. And it's only been like eight months, 10 months. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it just feels like that cycle should be a little longer. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah, sorry to interrupt you there, but I, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. And I, I and that, that's the other part that's throwing off a lot of people, too, is the the timing. Because it, if if this actually did, let's say, go into like a bear market, that means all the historical market structures are no longer valid. And it just did something totally, totally different than uh, what the historical patterns have been doing, which is just longer cycles uh, before entering its long-term regression band. Yeah, I don't know what the market's going to do. I have coins either way, so I'm I'm pretty much prepared for for whatever outcome. And then I'll just see what the uh, the crypto gods end up giving us in, yeah. two to three, in two to three months. Hopefully it's, it's more green candles. So yeah, but, I have like mm-hmm. Bitcoin and Ethereum scattered 
you know, in yeah. various wallets and I'm not going to touch it. It's yep. just, it's there and yeah. I'm not even going to think about it and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll go back and, uh, you know, look at them, like you said, years from now and not even fool with it because it's not really yeah. worth it. One day it'll cost like $40,000 for, for one <laughs> ether or whatever, whatever that is. So I'll just let the I'll just let it uh you know I'll, I'll look back at it when it's forty thousand dollars for one ETH. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the plan. Um, especially depending upon like what coins you're in. I mean, you just need it for transaction costs right now. I mean, it's yeah crazy. You know what what that's oh, doing. So. Yeah. So I've uh, there's there's of course yeah the EIP fifteen fifty nine launched the the fees. So the the network fees are likely not going to drop to uh i i would say in the near future because i mean the whole the whole thing around eth2 at least in terms of development for the scaling aspects not going to happen for quite a while so yeah. proof of stake doesn't really it's just the rollover of the system state so the gas fees are still going to be pretty high um, though I will say that the tokenomics are very good for for Ethereum. So yeah, that's uh, what I was just about to say. This was more mm -hmm. about tokenomics, and so many people, I guess, just picked up and went with the narrative of oh, gas mm -hmm. fees are supposed to come down. And I was like, I never really understood that to be the case at all. Um, you know, we got you know the coin burning, which is you know great, but mm -hmm. every I mean, it's great for say projects like a Pulse Chain or Polkadot because everybody sees all these fees and screams you know to you know from the tops of the mountains and be like oh these are awful these are awful it's you know fifteen hundred dollars to end a stake for hex or it's you know two hundred dollars to do a swap on uniswap and you know that gets out there for the casual user now granted whales don't really care at all right right but you know, for the casual user, you start looking around. So I'm really curious as to, you know, how I, I, I'd see it. Nothing but more of, than a, uh, a positive for, you know, these, you know, other projects, especially like a pulse chain, whose, you know, purpose is the cheaper fees. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and, uh, yeah, in from what I've seen in the market so far, EVM in general has a very, very high demands. So, you know, when when you even look at all, all these other chains, like BSC had a lot of usage. Uh, Polygon, even with admin keys, which I think most people aren't aren't aware it has admin keys, but um, nonetheless, it had a lot of usage. So, yeah, I'm very I'm very interested to see you know what Pulse Chain brings to the table, and it's a very different game when it comes to the game theory with something like Hex versus. Uh, versus pulse so it's going to be pretty interesting to see the, the psychology aspect of it because i i think with a lot of um hexagons through there's there's Twitter, there's apprehension yeah. and it, it exists for a reason and i think yeah. a lot of that especially you know one of the uh i guess prominent figures that you know could be referenced here is motley investor because mm. he put out that you know he was you know just an idea of building something on pulse that had to deal with hex. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the, the uproar came from is because it was, it had to deal with hex and there have been at least two projects that I can think of that failed miserably mm -hmm. and users got burned and they're 
any hexkin, their guard is up and it's just like, yeah. okay, you know, none of this. We we are just watching everything that you do. And Motley's a great guy. There's no way I would ever <laughs> think that he would do anything malicious or anything like that. But that that just shows you like if you burn a community, not him, but you know, these previous two projects, um, you know, their their guard is up. Now you you hit it right on the head there with um, this is a totally different ball game. It, it's its own ecosystem and you want the chaos, as you said, um, you want the NFTs, you want all the dumb crap. I mean, just, you know, if, if you're a, a pulse chain, you know, holder backer, whatever you want to call it, sacrificer, um, you know, all that stuff you want. I mean, I've, I've seen dollar cost, uh, crypto, you know, float some stuff about, um, Decentraland, and if mm. some of that stuff ever went over to Pulse, you know how huge that would be. And it, it, there's so much there, but mm. it's it's like if I, the 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 really interesting thing about Pulse Chain is that so many. I don't know if this is a good or bad thing yet. Um, I like to think it's good because I know a lot of the Hexagon community. Um, and they're 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 passionate they're very good people but at the same time they're they're very protective but again just as you said it's a totally different ball game and you're you're going to want that hopefully organized chaos if if there is such a thing but you're going to want all that stuff if if you're holding your pulse bags i was listening i think it was to your last podcast to where um you're talking kusama and nfts possibly going there i you can speak to that way better but it wasn't interesting uh train of thought it's like yeah i just today um uh, one of the bigger youtube accounts out there modern investor tweeted out and he was like basically omg um i have all these nfts that i you know can't mint or do anything with because the ethereum gas is so high and he put out a screenshot and i'm just like I retweeted it and I was just, you know, hashtag pulse jade, <laughs> you know, it's just like, there are going to be alternatives out there for some of these specific areas and whether it be pulse Kusama or dot, you know, what have you. Um, yeah, there's the options and f- for, to get the load off of Ethereum, they're, they're lining up now and uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how they, I guess when the dust settles, how that goes. For me, I made my allocation to Pulse so that I have um, kind of exposure in that ecosystem. If there was, let's say, specific, uh, I guess, protocol, maybe there, I know there's speculation around the decentralized stable coin, possibly of some kind. So um, all of that is going to be very, you know, very beneficial, whatever ideas that he has, because I already, you know, whatever Richard's doing, I already have complete faith in in that part without even really questioning it. Um, and I think, yeah, to the to the part, even with the chaos, it's going to be, um, I just want to see basically all, all goes on chain. So like even Ethereum with EIP 1559, that, you know, the, the thing is with the Ethereum community, they, they don't care you know, who's building on their network, like they're very well aware that there's, you know, that they're going to have quality, like projects built on their network. They're very well aware that there's going to be a shit ton of scams, um, lots of gambling, but all of that ends up pumping now the price of their token through EIP 1559 and the burning. So 
um the tokenomics you know it's 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 really amazing ethereum does have very very good tokenomics now for for the network and then all these other chains yeah i i agree with your point as far as taking the load off and then um these other networks are are scaling ethereum much like in ways that ethereum basically scaled bitcoin since people trade and swap derivatives of, of bitcoin on on ethereum like wrapped bitcoin and um ren btc which isn't i mean ren isn't really that decentralized when you look at the the protocol itself uh, mm -hmm. but 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 there is demands in the market for these kinds of derivative there's different design trade-offs you can make such as ones richard made it with the with the validators and then his justification for uh selecting that specific um that specific amount of validators which i believe was uh it's like 33 validators. 33 yeah so <clears throat> yeah these are these are these are uh design choices that can be made to, to help scale you know throughput there's yeah. what's bsc bsc has got like 21 uh right? yeah i think it's 21 so yeah. there's already more than bsc the, the the only um the only thing on bsc that i i urge people to use caution is their is their bridge because it's it's not actually a decentralized bridge so when when mm. users move funds over from let's say ethereum over to bsc they have to use what's referred to as the binance bridge uh, but the way the bridge functions is the user actually sends their funds to CZ centralized exchange Binance, and then and then they issue a peg on their chain to keep it at a one to one. So uh, there, there's actually not too many. Uh, these I, I haven't used much of Matic or Polygon, nor am I going to because of the whole. That's pretty good. Thing. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Any as far as like the descent, there's really not that many options in the market right now in terms of a a trustless bridge. There there might be there might be things over on uh, Cosmos, but I haven't um, with with their Gravity Dex that are that are building some kind of bridge. But uh, yeah, a lot of it it, it kind of comes down to the trade-offs between each of the networks. And and I would say basically for this market cycle in terms of who ends up gaining the most market share, it's probably not going to matter because like a lot of this is going to go into a speculative bubble at some point through this entire market cycle. And then generally it's not until you hit, um, you know, like the next bear market where you start to see the, 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 the networks that start to sustain like a certain network effect. Um, but the market is definitely way better today comparatively to like 2017, where the only alternative was EOS at the time, which had basically no network effects um, whatsoever, uh, whatsoever other than um, trying to like kill Ethereum. And then I think the founder, I, I was like Dan Lar Larmer, Larimer. Like, yeah. yeah, ended up um, pretty much stepping away. So um yeah, yeah and they had that like big announcement and it was like you know they had like billions and they put it into like the mm. the voice social media site or something yeah. it was just like oh that's it and then i think that was pretty much it <laughs> uh, that's the, that's <laughs> i haven't works. heard much of eos since really that was like the top there and i sold yeah. it like right around then i was like okay this is it oh yeah well I, whatever i had was... of it yeah. yeah was that was that after because i remember it had um i just remember everything was dying in the bear market at the time and i just remember eos pumping for for quite a while i want to say it was like lat two springs ago 
Oh, it's because, Teespring. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. Think because I was watching um, Hex around that time, mm -hmm. and I was looking to unload EOS if it, you know, yeah, produced a dud, which it did, and yeah, it certainly did. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's uh you know the the whole like kind of my my take with with something like EOS is the first big move a lot of coins can have let's say their first really big move it's usually like it's usually after that where you start to see whether they have a sustained um kind of network effect eos terrible this this just had a really bad um compare uh, price performance compared to, to most coins in the market and then even like even though these what i'm about to mention they're not they're obviously not like you know smart contract platforms but even coins uh, such as uh, Litecoin, some of the old proof of work coins, uh, Monero didn't do that great. So uh, there was just there wasn't as much demand to like use, let's say, either of those networks. And then plus, in terms of like their their issuance schedule or their inflation, it, it's really not much better than than what Bitcoin has. So um, yeah, these kinds of things are, are I take much more like much more seriously now because like if you pick like the wrong if, if you don't have like some kind of community around the the coin like to start that's already an issue and then the other big one is the the tokenomics aspect of it i think a lot of people underrate because something like litecoin actually has a pretty decently sized community but the tokenomics are they're not any different than bitcoin there's they're the same exact thing except the, the inflation's a little bit higher and it it could have actually had it could have done much worse had it not been for grayscale grayscale actually buying a lot of coins like grayscale <laughs> owns like two or three percent of the supply so there's there's at least a little backstop there but they have um, or used to have a ton of ripple too and yeah it was just oh like, that yeah oh. with the whole yeah yeah and yep. i saw their their buckets i'm like bitcoin eth awesome and then litecoin ripple and like what are you guys doing I was like, yeah. you guys have the the two kings. Just go with that, and maybe you know add some other guys, but not those other two. Gross. Yeah, anyway. yeah. But yeah, yeah. You, it's funny you mentioned uh, Litecoin. I don't know how far back we're gonna go or if we go later, but that was also uh, my first coin that I purchased. I heard you mention oh, that. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yep. I yeah. It's so it's so great. It's just the the snapshot of the state of the market at the time then versus versus now because in that bear market i mean 27 well 2017 right is what yeah you 20 2017 2018 there was a lot of because at least at least in terms of all the major news outlets i mean pretty much the main three coins they they would cover even during like the, it was bitcoin litecoin and ethereum. ethereum so there's there's a lot of uh there's a lot of people that speculated on uh, litecoin during the the bear market granted like if they bought it like 20 or 30 dollars like they still made you know like a 7x on, yeah. on the price which is actually really good compared to most assets but in in crypto it didn't do very well like it it just got destroyed versus ethereum i just yeah. i just the litecoin to eth chart is horrendous yeah um, i didn't so, even get in that early yeah i i got in at like i think like low 100s and maybe got like a double or triple out of it and i thought yeah. like this was awesome coming from traditional markets 
Mm. And my first exposure to crypto <laughs> was like, oh my gosh, it just got like a triple in, uh, you know, like a month. This is, this is easy, you know? Yeah. This is easy. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's totally not, but it, it was, it was just, that was my first taste of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately I had learned enough, um, you know, from trading and stocks and whatnot over probably two decades before that I didn't go like all in on anything stupid, but at yeah. the same time, it, it is kind of just an interesting lesson now that I'm thinking about talking to you because I got into Litecoin because I understood, you know, the narrative being a novice crypto mm-hmm. investor at the time. It was like, oh, well, you know, Bitcoin is like the gold kind of thing and Litecoin's like the silver. And you can actually, there's actually yeah. a use case for Litecoin. Like this could be the one that's actually used going to a sports mm. event or something like that. And it's like, okay, the wheel started to click and it was so early for me, but I understood these concepts. I actually saw and read some, you know, respected street guys like, uh, I don't know, reform broker and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like they were actually starting to dabble in crypto and, you know, speculated on the actual use case of it and i was like okay well i I, you know i'm gonna read more into this because you know these are guys that you know i I like their work and Mm -hmm. if it's traditional wall street guys talking about this you know crypto industry for real now uh, it's time to take notice and that's pretty much where i you know started to dig in yeah that makes sense yeah the the um i would say my like my uh, speculation on on Litecoin totally failed because the, I like I I knew most people when they buy Litecoin, the whole intention of it is they're assuming it's going to pump harder than Bitcoin, so right. they'll be able to eventually <laughs> flip it into, into more Bitcoin. <laughs> so um, that didn't happen at all. Like <laughs> basically three years, uh, the the monthly. Litecoin to Bitcoin chart, it just it's horrendous. Um, I mean, hopefully Litecoin holders get a pump on this thing one day, but we'll see. Um, I yeah, think my- in that bear, uh, not to cut you off there, but in that bear market, um, uh, you might be way familiar. I'm just going off of plain memory, but I mm-hmm. believe the Litecoin chart like acted perfectly as a bottom, if I'm thinking mm-hmm. of that correctly, because mm-hmm. I, I read a couple you know chart accounts and they're like it it just that was the old resistance or something like that or high or whatever and it bounced perfect i'm almost Mm -hmm. certain of that and i'm just like of course i look back like a week later and i was like of course i should have at least bought it not that i believe in it anymore but just you know Mm -hmm. technically speaking it was it was a no-brainer looking back at it and yeah you know i don't really trade too much anymore but one of it's one of those where like damn it yeah yeah that's the that that is the one uh i would say probably the there's speculative uh trading mostly that goes into it for for the ratio play because it's the the lowest it, it's been on the monthly has been 0.3 percent of a bitcoin and today it's about 0.37 percent of a bitcoin so it's right now it is it is at like a higher low compared to its four years but um i don't know man like it's it's like i i got to the point where i'm like why am i even why am i even holding like coins like these that just don't have a because it, it doesn't have a um other than a speculative trade that's that's what it is the whole the whole like my my thought on it at the time was like well 
and it had to do with this this online game I played in the early 2000s called like RuneScape, where there was these there were basically these party hats, and I was like, oh okay, like yeah, Bitcoin's the party hat. And then they had these like kind of garbage rares in the game called Halloween masks, which is what um all the quote unquote plebs would buy that couldn't afford party hats. So I was like, oh okay. <laughs> you can yeah, always I'll tell play. like the free player yeah. by yeah, yeah. their stash. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, oh okay. So I guess the 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 plebs will buy the Halloween mask and they'll <laughs> buy they'll buy Litecoin since they can buy multiple units of it. So um so I'm still waiting to see whether that ends up becoming a, a truth at some point in the next, I would say uh, year. So we'll We'll find out. I'm not. I'm not going to go for the ratio play or anything like that. I'm very happy oh. with my Bitcoin and Ethereum in my retirement account. And just Same doing, uh, as is. I like the. I like the big boys. I feel secure with that. I think maybe dollar cost. I, I. I don't know if he was joking. I hope not. But I think he said he did sacrifice some Litecoin. Is there truth to that? um i'm i you know what i i don't have a very good answer for that okay um i think i saw him tweet that and i was just yeah. like okay i really wonder and then yeah. you know, of course everybody knows his history uh as Litecoin moses so a lot of people chimed in and be like did you really that's awesome you know if yeah. you're telling the truth so, yeah. yeah i was like this, but well i guess the other thing like I, it would it would it, this would be this would be absolutely hilarious if, if the coins were sacrificed and then it just mooned a month later, yeah. <laughs> all that time waiting. So, well, I know it I hasn't that, been I that long. I, oh I, no, it, true, no, true. No, I'm just, I'm true. not saying for for him or that. Yeah. I'm saying for uh, that ETH bag that put in mm, all that like yeah. ten thousand ETH or whatever it was, and that has mooned since. And mm. hex or excuse yeah hex if you would have uh sacrificed hex because i'm talking about the the god whale i guess i should bring uh, everybody up to feed for yeah, the pulse yeah. chain sacrifice there's a god whale that had mm. has or had ninety thousand ethereum he sacrificed twenty thousand ethereum mm -hmm. uh in the pulse chain sacrifice phase and since then i guess ethereum maybe has close to doubled and you know he the that account had, I think, still has hundreds of millions of hex. And it's just interesting to look back on now, obviously, Monday morning quarterback. But if he would have sacrificed hex, could have kept all that ETH. And yeah, it's, mm. you know, again, Monday morning quarterback. But I I was just thinking of that. It was just like, wow, ETH has really just been on a tear the past you know, month or so. Yeah, that's why that's why for uh you know, regardless of how um, how much it sucks to use the the base protocol, um, it's still going to do fairly fairly well. At least if we are still, uh, we'll find out by by Q4. You know, if we're still in uh, a bull market. But um, yeah, I guess for for a player of that size, because I'm kind of more under the impression once you get to a certain level of economic mass, like the relative ratios of things at certain points of time probably stop to matter as much. And then it just ends up turning into like, here's your long-term allotment of holding. So it looks like that, that God whale ended up hedging, you know, they, they kept their, they kept their hacks and then they hedged with their mm -hmm. Ethereum to get that exposure into that, into that other EVM layer one 
on Polestain. So to have, because it's, you know, like 10,000, uh, you, you said it was a 10,000 ETH? I want to say 20,000 because 20, I, think, okay. I think he had 90,000. And the last I looked at that wallet, I think it was down to 70. So I think, mm. of course, I don't have it on my screen right now. But yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. C5 yeah. address. But yeah. yeah. They'll have a they'll have a sizable, very sizable position in that ecosystem then. So that they oh, can play. Absolutely. They're they're the fine no matter like, what. Like you, yeah. Yeah, like you were saying, they're they're good. I mean, yeah. if you have ninety thousand ETH, uh, I don't think you have much worries in life, even if you throw away twenty thousand of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially if that uh whatever he puts, because it's 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 gonna be all about the because I, I guess the coins that end up getting sacrificed themselves, it's it's going to be all about the performance of Pulse relative to whatever the person ends up sacrificing anyway. So in the case for like whether it's like Hex or, you know, uh, Litecoin, Ethereum, like any of the coins. Uh, well, Litecoin, it's definitely going to it's definitely going to outperform that for sure. <laughs> um, but then uh, other other coins in the market, you know, I I, I would say the big advantage uh, Pulse is going to have, at least relatively speaking, is it's la it's launching at zero. So um, that'll be nice for, for the price chart. And then um, generally the first really big impulse is it's pretty massive. I mean, if you go back and look at cryptos in general, the, the, the first really big moves are, they're usually pretty big and um, not making, I'm not, giving somebody you know financial advice it's just that's usually how like that first really big move um you're doing all past cool. historical data past historical data exactly so yeah i would say i'm pretty uh pretty excited for that is there i i guess after um after pulse launches are you mostly just um are you mostly just thinking uh i, I know a lot of people are just going to be holding and and perhaps using the their pulse tokens to get you know some network fees whatever whatever that is are you personally like interested or looking into um any anybody that's like building on pulse chain or are you mostly just going to stay like that's your core position and then let everybody else uh speculate and then you just get the the benefit of everybody basically um trying to kill each other on chain <laughs> <laughs> right now i plan to hold what i have and mm -hmm. uh, i guess delegate it um but at the same time i'm totally open to seeing you know whatever happens and something you know strikes me i i do have a big enough position in pulse to where I, that's kind of like what i wanted is to have like a little freedom to where if i see something interesting i can take a slice off yeah and and you know go towards that um but i am totally comfortable mainly just because of my hex holdings like that's that's kind of i don't even want to call it a security blanket but it it, it it that gave me the financial freedom to mm. go into pulse with the scale that sure. i did there sure. so uh it's I have the luxury of, you know, kind of just sitting back and being like, okay, well, if something, you know, strikes me, great. If not, mm -hmm. I, I'm still very comfortable. 
And yeah. uh, it's, you know, it, it's weird to say for me personally, because, um, you know, I, I've done pretty well. I mean, I've been investing in traditional markets and stuff since, you know, I don't know, over two decades now, but it's like the first time, I guess, in my investing career that I just feel totally at ease. And it, it's, there's something to be said for that too, is you, you have way more clarity uh, the better you do at investing and it sucks because it, <laughs> the better you do at investing, of course, it means, you know, your, your bag sizes are larger and, you know, you're, you're better off, but it does, I guess, give you better mental clarity because you're, you're not searching as much. You're not, you know, reading and watching videos and, um, you know, trying to, you know, just beating yourself up, trying to get an edge, to where everything slows down in a sense and it has for me and i feel like my decisions have become far vastly improved um than what they used to be just because i'm not you know constantly reading as much as i can or you know taking in you know video information or anything like that so yeah that makes sense that because i i i imagine what will happen to are uh, quite a few people when it comes to the the dexes and honestly like i i just you know whatever gambling people do i don't care it just it just ends up it whatever it is it ends up uh benefiting whatever they're gonna do it anyway this has come up on you know a couple streams it's like so why not why not host the playground yeah they're gonna do it exactly they're gonna do it anyway because what's what's what i imagine will happen too is uh, a lot of um a lot of traders like to look at th- they'll look at things like the pulse to whatever coin it is that they're looking at charts like trying to trade ratios which most people get destroyed trying to um trade those things because they'll, they'll take like their whole pulse stack and then roll it into a coin and the coin will just drop like 50 percent yeah on, see on the ratio uh, which is uh, which is why a lot of people get just cleaned i i I I think there's going to be some of that, and I really I hope it's I hope it's minimized because I don't man it could get very messy for some of these I mean just being a whole new system state with yeah bunch of pulse to play with and free tokens or tokens starting you know where where they're going to start at it's like ah. Oh. I I don't want people to get hurt. I think like with the sacrifice phase, I was very impressed with how little people got scammed so far. Mm-hmm. So I feel good about that. Uh, now the next part is, you know, after the snapshot and, you know, the whole system state is, is copied and we launch, it's like, <laughs> how many, how many people are going to throw away their pulse on, absolute trash and i i I hope that doesn't happen to me like obviously hex is the the most secure play as weird as it sounds but Mm -hmm. i mean if you're involved with hex and pulse it doesn't sound weird at all Um, yeah but to outsiders looking in be like oh hex is the safest play well i mean if pulse was designed to you know, well, a lot of the inspiration behind Pulse was to lower the uh, transaction fees mm. and counter the, the S-load increase on Ethereum, right. um, then yeah, the it Hex could be the, the safest investment on Pulse. It's just mm. that thing is going to go screaming, I think. 
p-hex yeah um, so the, yeah. yeah the p the p-hex uh to me the whole the p-hex play makes sense for people to to like secure before the actual snapshot takes place um that was kind of my intuition on that not financial advice of course <laughs> Well, um, I was just messaging you before we came on this podcast, and I was like, "Hey, I was buying some hex. I'll be right yeah. there." <laughs> but that's 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 totally like my play right now. It's like I feel that hex is the safest, and yeah, I know that you know parity might not be achieved. So hex on Ethereum quite likely could not perform as well as hex on pulse perhaps it does i don't know but i do think that that old copy will have a better chance of at least having some decent value yeah and and it's like you can do that or you can go speculate on thousands of other coins on pulse network and Mm -hmm. it's like maybe hit the lotto i don't know so the whole USDC, excuse me, USDC thing is another wild card. I mean, there's so many things that that are out there that it's so exciting. Really, I can't wait. Uh, the whole the whole USDC because I I have a I have a small amount of stable coins that um, will immediately be getting dumped. <laughs> whatever whatever it buys, and and I'll take whatever. They're immediately getting immediately getting dumped, and then. I'm just sticking to yeah the whole the whole thing with like the lottery versus I'm not playing the game right. of the lottery. I I like I like the hex bag that I have. I just want to get my snapshot rolled over cuz <clears throat> I think where most people are probably going to get wrecked those that are trying to trade ratios is probably between actually uh PEX, PHEX and Pulse. I, the, I think the, you are right. Yeah, yep. so so the, there there's going to be incorrect guesses on whatever the <laughs> ratios are going to do people are yeah. going to think that they're smarter than the market blah 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 yeah. so it's like yeah to me it's very it's very clear that if you if you don't want to do all that and if you want to make it easy you just get your bags before before it it's you know you get it before the snapshot so and yeah yeah nothing, nothing and your stakes about. i mean if you want to stake it out and that that was like um mm-hmm. i saw there's a community member a night or two ago um from the hex community posted yeah and he was like you he's like i strongly advise because he i think he's a dev or Mm. used to be a dev but he was like i strongly advise like not making any more uh 5555 day stakes uh hex stakes on ethereum Ethereum. just just because of the fee uncertainty Mm. and he's like it'll cost you more you know, to unstake it after 15 and a half years or whatever it is, then it will be worth. And I was like, okay. I was like, I kind of see that. But at the same time, it's like, if you do that now as someone who believes in pulse, and I'm not saying I've done this because I haven't made any new five, 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 fives. But if you do that now, at least on pulse chain, you, you always have that most likely with a far lower fee structure than ethereum and you kind of have a lotto ticket on ethereum so if you know something changes with the s load or fee structure or something like that to where they actually come down even a little bit and i mean some of these hex stakes i mean if you just have 
I don't even know, uh, 10,000, 50,000 hex in 15 years and take that staking with price appreciation and interest and end stake penalties, you could be sitting on a very fat bag and you might not even care what the fee is provided, you know, obviously, but it's not like more than half your holdings or anything. But I mean, some of these bag sizes, potentially, I'm not saying, you know, of course it will happen, but um, it's almost, I I wouldn't totally toss that bet out the window, Um, especially if you're already getting a copy of that 5555 stake on Pulse Chain. Hmm. So it's it's an interesting concept that I, I, I don't know. I've, I've thought a lot about it the past couple of days. And I, I think as long as you get in before the snapshot, you're, you're kind of like, you're definitely hedging your bet and you're also, you'll have a free lotto ticket for Ethereum. So. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. The, um, I have to go back and watch a video. For, I, I know where to find it. Somebody, I think it was Dipcatcher. He made a video on the the fees and what what's in the realm of possibility as far as uh what it you know if your daily cost is a certain amount of guay guay, you can calculate based on that and at least make like a you can kind of speculate as to how much a 555 stake would cost but Mm. um yeah i haven't looked at that in a while i'll have to go back and revisit that to see if the the fees using the video as a reference at the time are still applicable today at the current uh rates for for gas on on ethereum so um yeah at least the the the, that's going to be very interesting because i know even to these these other markets on on ethereum even back to you know what dc was mentioning about the central land that the Mm -hmm. the marketplace on that and the central land basically died after the gas fees started to get just too cost prohibitive to really mm. do anything. So um, the market, at least it has way more flexibility when it comes to speculating uh, because of the, the congestion isn't really um, <clears throat> much of an issue. But the thing people also need to realize is, you know, in, in, in the ideal sense, if there is like a shit ton of usage on pulse chain later, you could, you could end up granted. I don't know how, how likely this, this would be, but um, you could end up basically also having high fees later on, not, not initially, but later Mm -hmm. on, if you get, if, if pulse ends up generating a large network effect, then um, that's more builders, more, just more gas computations taking place. So yeah. um you could you could have it, it's just I, I i don't i don't recall what the the limit like the limit increases is it like four four times the the block size of ethereum something like that yeah i believe that's it and to that point that you're just making there richard hart has already said because somebody has asked him about it and he mm-hmm. was like He's like, I still have, I have some tricks up my sleeve for the long term if the chain fills up. So mm, okay. I don't know who knows what they are, but I, he is a long term thinker. I'm not saying, you know, he's yeah. going to do great with it or anything like that, or, you know, it, it's going to be fine. But he's, he's, he thinks out there. He, he for has, sure. He has a uh, long term time horizon and very little mm. uh, gets, I mean, he designed a, 
crypto that you can stake for 15 years and he almost made it for 50 but due to some limitations he only yeah. made it like the stakes 15, 15 or so years. Yeah. yeah that makes sense the the um yeah the the whole thing i'm not like as far as the any i'm i don't even really worry too much about the stakes that i even have that are pretty far out there granted i believe i'm i i don't regardless it, it it could get to the point as you mentioned where the interest is like so high it's just like whatever i'll pay whatever fee it ends up being but um yeah i would say the the other thing is when it comes to a lot of this stuff anyway i mean all of this stuff is it's social consensus so um you know whatever the community agrees to that's the thing that ends up having the value in the end so yeah. a lot and of these questions yeah I was going to say, that's going to be the very interesting thing with eHex or Hex on Ethereum and mm. PHEX, Hex on Pulse Chain. It's, I guess, talking to, um, you know, a lot of, you know, guests on, you know, my show and whatnot over, you know, the past few months. There are, well, I think you and I both know hexkins are pretty much diehard. So if there's cheap hex out there or per, something perceived as cheap, cheap hex, um, whether it be on Ethereum or Pulse Chain, I think it will be Ethereum. Mm. There's, there's a certain crowd that will buy that dip. Now, do they have the economic mass to counteract you know, the selling that... I personally believe could be coming. Maybe not. Um, but there, are, I think there are also some whales out there um, that ha have very large war chests and they are going to make some very big buys if slash when the Ethereum hex price dips. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know if that can bring it back to parity per se, but I, I, while I do think it, it can dip, I think there is actually a lot of fresh powder that will be waiting in the wings, um, for that. Um, I, I won't name names, but I just saw it, I guess, uh, or, you know, was in a chat, I guess maybe a month or two months ago. And one of the more recognizable whales, um, that I know of is a, as a whale in the hex community. And there are a few that are public, um uh pretty much you know predicted casually like two dollar uh hex on ethereum hex on ethereum by the end of the year and mm -hmm. i was like that's interesting because this was clearly after the pulse chain announcement and you know the the sacrifice phase was coming up at that time and i was like Okay, well, I was like this this guy and many or a few others that you know are, are out there publicly mm -hmm. have some pretty deep pockets, and he's putting it out there. Now it could be you know all in the the big game of you know a big bluff or something like that. But I just thought that was very interesting that you know somebody like that with you know quite quite large uh, holdings uh, you know put out a price target like that and seemed just very casual and confident in it and i was like okay yeah. maybe p hex um hex on mm -hmm. pulse chain but uh, I, I was 
shocked when you know i saw the ethereum side of that so it's already crazy that you're getting a copy of you know your bags but to to think that even even if it's just a you know a quarter uh or half um you know of the the new value that's yeah. that's pretty insane i mean that's right. that's just free money and mm-hmm. you know I, I don't think it's it's gonna die off by any means i mean uh, the yeah. founder the founders flat out said he would prefer to uh not see cheap hex anywhere he's he's kind of i've noticed in i guess the past couple of weeks he's backed off a little bit um just in terms of his language i'm not i'm not sure as to why that is could be a variety of reasons but um he he's pretty much now saying the market will speak as to what the prices should be and like okay he's turned that down a little bit because he was like you know i think uh the price i don't want to see cheap hex anywhere and now he's like well well the market will clearly decide so i'm like okay well maybe it will and maybe you know there won't be cheap hex anywhere Hmm. but it was an interesting change in or lightening of the language i should say yeah 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 the the um i guess for the for the cost of hex anywhere so what it what first off what i like what i'm seeing now and this is this is just out this is actually outside of the, the hex community but i know there's a lot of stuff floating around i'm i'm not trying to like trash eric wall by any means um i just know there's 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 like there's a lot of the psychology i noticed in general um mm-hmm. <clears throat> in the market around it was actually probably around like june of 2020 like i i knew of hex like before i i basically bought <clears throat> my bags like during that summer uh months before like the big payday and then um i kind of see a lot of it's it's not as as aggressive um because like where texas position now in the rankings today but um i still notice some things where like i i still feel with what i'm seeing on on twitter not financial advice but what i'm seeing on twitter in terms of the psychology was also like one of the reasons why i bought back in the summer of 2020 because I'm, I'm basically betting against everybody else being wrong. And yes. I still see that same type of um, mentality. So my concern, and, and this, this wouldn't be like death or anything like that. This would just be, you, you enter the usual trough in like a bear market. My concern would be when the, the sentiment gets really good. And I'd huh. be like, damn, all right, well, haven't seen this before (laughs) very different the price is a shit ton higher (laughs) i mean i'll gladly take that because if that were the case for as much hate as Mm. it's had then Mm. yeah we're the price doesn't matter for anybody that's in in the first couple of years anyway i mean you're you're gonna you're gonna do great no matter what but that is right that's a very interesting take on that yeah yeah because i i mostly just look at it as you know, and in, 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 this is just in crypto in general through an entire bull market cycle. Eventually, you know, I, I and and when we're talking like things like two dollar hacks or one dollar hacks, you know, I I have to say like I don't really take anybody's absolute price prediction seriously um, because the markets like even even amongst like very big 
you know, whales or, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of dynamics that go into a market. And I personally just think it's kind of silly to project an absolute in, a, in markets where absolutes just don't tend to work. I, I, I'm, I'm more on the side where th- kind of, as Richard mentioned, you get things that rhyme, um, but you don't, you don't necessarily get like a, you don't necessarily get like an absolute result. So I just look at it as, you know, buying when it, when the prices are down like 80 to 90%, okay. Risk levels on the price chart are much lower. You you're getting a pretty good deal relative to what the price used to be. And then like when you get out of those troughs and, and re-enter the next leg up, like you get to a point where you're just so low on the price chart relative to, to your initial position that it could just even get to the point where you basically just never sell. And if you do that, and then if you do that with, with, of course, like the right, the right coins, then, then you don't, you actually don't ever have to ever have to sell. So earning interest. Yeah. yeah, You're earning interest at that point. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my takeaway at it. You know um, it's going to be very interesting because I have some ideas there's just there's certain um <clears throat> coins that i'm following in the market hex obviously one of them on the on the price charts and you know i there's going to be certain metrics after there's enough data points through a full market cycle where you can start to like project a little bit more accurate in terms of like price predictions and all that stuff but when you're when you're still in the first market cycle the asset is in price discovery and you don't have those data points yet. The, the, the one thing that does tend to work well that I generally stick to is again, like if you have a huge down draw, then you're at a lower risk level. And then I, I just have a sense of how big the waves can be relative to, to uh, previous uh, price performance in, in crypto, such as like the Ethereum price chart. That is a great reference actually for, uh, a lot of things if you want to just a basic view as to how much like it can grow over a certain period of time so mm-hmm. yeah overall like i'm pretty i'm pretty i'm pretty enthusiastic um and then my guess is they'll, they'll be uh buyer exhaustion and this this again every every coin is going to hit buyer exhaustion at some point and then you need to clean out um you need to basically clean out the people that inevitably sell out of their bags at a loss and then you you end up basically redoing the full cycle over again and then now like the angle of attack on the price chart isn't as steep as it used to be and you just keep doing that over and over again until you hit some like whatever the number is like 20 20 years out so um yeah that's my takeaway i would say i consider um if I if I see like a lot of bullish um, sentiment outside of the hex community, that's when I'm going to speculate on uh, buyer exhaustion and that potentially being like a, a potential peak. But it, it could play out in in a way very different than even what I'm speculating right now. Um, yeah. kind of, it's kind of the same thing like on on Ethereum. Like a lot of people were talking shit on Ethereum like during the bear market, and then people were loving it at like 4k and buying 4k ETH. And then, you know, just took a, took a a small tumble down to 1700. And then hopefully it's, uh, hopefully it's in its recovery stages right now. So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's at least my thoughts as far as the the sentiment aspects. If we, just because it's been so polar 
Like it's been so polarized that yeah. seeing something that is just different would be very strange to me. But that that would also go coincide with the whole uh, pre-viral versus uh, viral uh, narrative as well. So that 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 of course would would definitely be a very good thing. Yeah, and you mentioned drawdowns there. You have to also have, I guess, a little bit of well depending on who you are, a lot of luck um, or just a little luck, because I mean, if you get a big enough drawdown, then a little capital goes a long way. Yes. And I, I guess, I guess the, the COVID dip happened as I was, you know, personally, I had like some tax money, you know, saved mm. because that's that time of year. And wasn't really, obviously, nobody was expecting such a dip of that magnitude. And I was just like, okay, I was like, this, this, this just feels like a once in a lifetime thing. Like Bitcoin went right back down to under 4K. I mean, that was like the bottom of the recent bottom, Mm -hmm. I guess, maybe a year and a few months prior. Yeah. And I was just, I'm like watching this in real time, you know, right over here in the other room. I remember it like it was yesterday mm-hmm. and I just went shopping and it was, yeah. it, it felt so good to have dry powder that I was, you know, chain link, I uh, got for, I think like a dollar 66, something. It was just yeah. silly, silly. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. uh Tezos was like a dollar. I, you know, I'm totally out of that now, but I mean, for these prices, these names at these prices, it was insane. Ethereum for like what a hundred bucks or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be able to, to catch that, it does say something just to have some dry powder. I know it's hard because if you're, if you're in a bull cycle, you want to be in and you want to yeah. have that capital working for you. Um, uh, it's it's tough but if you are lucky enough to have some dry powder i mean and you get one of those black swanish events man you you can make some big returns really really quick mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah i 100 percent agree on that so that that's the that's like the that's what that's really what makes the big difference is having it's as you stated this is why i always recommend like you don't have to let you can just hold like a small percentage of stable coins because you never know when you get those those kinds of opportunities mm-hmm. and really that that for me is the difference maker it's it's whether you have cash on hands when the opportunity really matters where you have these lopsided very clear like asymmetric plays on the chart that most people are are generally too scared to buy at the time so mm-hmm. you know that's where you make like those 10 to 100 X moves on, on the next, whenever the, the wave starts and you, you, you end up um, weathering through all that. So yeah, I, I 100% agree on that. And that's why like, even, even today with where crypto is, it's, you know, my frame of reference goes back to the last bear market. And because of that, that's my, you know, I, I can't. Are you talking like 2017, like the bear uh, bear? I would say probably t- really 2018 and then uh, well, that, I'm sorry. That, yeah. 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 After 2017. Like, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. And then that second wave in 2019, cause like even today it's like, yeah, you know, Ethereum $3,200 or whatever it is right now. I mean, for me, like 
nothing in the market um at least for ethereum like it doesn't constitute as like a good deal for me like the 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 thing is like somebody buying crypto today if you get a continued bull wave i would expect you know their upside potential is probably like on ethereum like a 4x or something like that which what a lot of people don't understand is like that's when you're at the riskiest fuck stage on the price chart <laughs> is a forex in crypto isn't actually that much um right. the downside risk is very high but a forex in crypto is it's not it's not much like that's why that uh you know ha being able to ha have that capital when you have those those insane down draws i mean your risk level on the chart is just it's amazing and then you can just you can weather through a lot of things um yeah and entry it's all about that if you is, get a great yeah. entry point um you're you're i mean they're so hard to get but it, it sounds so easy after the fact but if you do get those great entry points then mm -hmm. you sleep so much easier or you know whatever your thing is you mm -hmm. you don't think about it, it it's you, you just there's there's so much load off of, of your mind there yeah. no less mental capital wasted i i say I right guess. yeah i agree with that that makes sense to me yeah that that's uh, uh otherwise you're you're waiting for <clears throat> you're waiting for that big move that it's like oh okay now it's it's gone up like a few few x's above my my entry price or something like that because like it's even even um yeah, for me, I don't know. Like, I, I guess it's it's just relative to when I bought, but like a 45K Bitcoin to me is not a good deal, like at all. Uh, $3,200 Ethereum, not a good deal. Um, but that doesn't mean there there isn't like good deals in the market. It's just my my frame of reference. You know, we've, we've been on this ride for a very long time. And those- Well, you, those just, eight, you just said it there. Yeah. It, we, we've been on this ride with those coins. Yeah. So- you know, we know we, we have their historical price performance. So mm -hmm. we kind of have an idea of what they could expand to if they were to go into the, a next bull cycle. Yeah. But for something as young as a hex, we don't know yet. So it goes yeah, back to know. your point of we need that cycle and mm -hmm. that will give us, you know, a, a barometer to go from. But we have that in Bitcoin and Ethereum. So that tells you, as you were saying, uh, that you know, I, I don't feel comfortable here. And, you know, I would feel comfortable more here because of that historic data. So that's really interesting. Um, yeah. It's even, even when people tell me to buy, like it, when people ask me, like, should I buy hex that like, I was like, dude, I was telling people to buy when it was at 30% of a penny. Yes. And it's like now you ask me when the price is like 70 X higher. So it's, yeah. it's like the whole thing. It's like, dude, I don't, once it goes in price discovery, I just let the market do its thing. Yeah. Like I don't once I don't make price price uh you know uh I don't I don't give you absolute uh entry advice when when you know the whole the whole point to me I always I just say this over and over again is to speculate before everybody else does. That's how you make all the money. Yeah. That's all it is. That's really all it is. So um but but I would say basically for for hexagons that have been riding this for a while and if you and if you don't if you're not you know it's it, again it all goes back to like what your entry is on the price chart um the thing i i like is ironically some of the it, i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's it's necessarily like an extreme negative but <clears throat> it's mostly tweets tweets that i'm reading from uh, eric wall where there's like 
it's suggesting doubt, which to me kind of more shifts towards the whole asymmetry aspect of it where, cause it's the same thing in like bear markets where you have a huge price crash. Like people are talking shit saying like, everything's going to die. And it's, uh, I kind of uh, use that as, it's, it's just very weird. If I, if I see a lot of positive sentiment one day, it's just going to be very weird to me. And, <laughs> I think, and, that, and that's where I think it's going to be, I think, basically the, the top. And then there's going to be the, the, bear, the bear cycle. We had, a, uh, <laughs> we had a brief top today. CoinGecko listed Hex as number three for like five seconds. For five seconds. Yeah. Somebody grabbed the snapshot of it. And yeah. Yeah. But that, maybe that's, uh, you know, foreshadowing of what it could feel like if, mm-hmm. you know, people get Hex one day and everybody's in. It's on all the market, you know, ranking sites. And, but I don't know, man. I mean, Bitcoin and Ethereum are there now. They had to start from somewhere, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they're, you know, close to, you know, their all-time highs. So, yeah. But it is an interesting thing to think about. It's like, I guess I, I wasn't around. I know some people who were, but I wasn't around at the very beginnings of Bitcoin and Ethereum. And I know, like, the mm-hmm. hate was there just as bad, or it certainly seems just as bad as... uh as hex hmm. and it, it, it certainly seems like the the same reactions that they speak of and you know like i said bitcoin ethereum are right you know butting up close to near their highs so mm-hmm. then what 10 11 years later after bitcoin launched so yeah. uh, there there's a could be a long way to go so maybe we won't have to to worry about everybody getting in Mm. <laughs> yeah, sooner than later but it is it is a very interesting thing to think about because at some point it's like okay well how much you know capital you know can come into a market i guess it almost goes back to kind of what richard hart says about the bitcoin market right now it's like okay well you have elon musk and michael saylor and a lot of these huge public figures that are in where does the rest of the money come from mm. kind of thing. So yeah, I, I think there's a lot of money out there though. I mean, you're sent, you're seeing like, you know, millions and millions being spent on the NFTs. Somebody has money. I, I don't know why they wouldn't put it into other way better assets that could appreciate more, but I, maybe I'm just totally not getting the NFT. Kind yeah. Of thing. yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I kind of just, but I just kind of went on the side that I don't um, quite understand the the NFT thing, but there there's definitely a lot of interest around it. It's gonna like like I have come some, to Pulse Chain, yeah, I, I, host the playground there. You know, let's have, let's go. I have some good ideas when it comes to NFTs. Uh, oh yeah, that could, that could actually create a liquid market, so you're not having to do these one-offs on OpenSea. Uh, you know, even a lot of like things like CryptoKitties, they, um, I don't even know if there's any, that, like any trading of that. I have no idea, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll perhaps figure it out one day. It just, ha- it, it just happens to not really be today for uh, NFTs for me personally. Wasn't like the CryptoKitty-ness like near the top of the last Ethereum cycle? Yeah, it was actually. So it'd be 
very interesting. I'm thinking on the fly now. Like it'd be very interesting if the NFT uh, boom right now that we're seeing, <clears throat> excuse me, but that we're seeing right now is, you know, coming towards the top, which it kind of technically on the chart it is of this Ethereum cycle. But we have projects kind of waiting in the wings to where years ago we did they weren't quite ready yet so we there is like a polka dot there is a cosmos you know granted who knows you know you have better insight as to how ready they are pulse chain which is definitely you know probably two three months out mm -hmm. uh, waiting in the wings to take that load off of ethereum so perhaps those you know take that load off and then let ethereum digest it a bit and then we get past this i don't know just taking on the fly there it's interesting because you said the crypto kitties and i was like okay so we have all that and then this clear speculation bubble on the ethereum side is the nft thing some of these prices i'm seeing are just madness yeah and yeah that's uh, hmm. yeah just interesting to think about yeah the, the the only thing i really know is that if there is let's say a local top somewhere in the market i will be loading up i i already have uh you know my forever eth bags but i will just have more of them if there's another yeah. another good reason to to sink more in so um other than that yeah mostly just following the the layer zero chains in terms of the development and network effect so in cosmos uh, a lot of the UST stablecoin, which I'm not vouching necessarily people to use, but the market has been um, using that on their network. And there seems to be a pretty decent amount of developer activity over on Cosmos, as well as uh, Polkadot and Kusama, regardless of like what people, you know, people are always going to have uh, favorites. But <clears throat> the, the the whole thing for me, it, regardless of what ends up happening with certain ideas or projects, all that really matters to me is like in the Polkadot and Kusama ecosystem, the the chains that are launching on on those networks have to commit like a certain amount of either Polkadot dots or KSM to get a slot. So it, to me, it's just a very good supply sink, and that to me is is kind of the breakthrough when it comes to DeFi in general is some sort of incentive model that exists that creates these supply sinks that are just superior to a lot of the proof of work coins that we had as like the gen one coins and then bitcoin just being the the standalone at this point for a proof of work uh, coin in the market so um yeah I, I i still have to say like in terms of like a lot of the infrastructure i i, I think it's still going to take years to build out but um i just know that even some of these up and uh coming projects today the there is uh there are fairly decently sized communities around some of them um which is good so the space every couple of years there's kind of this extinction event that takes place like it yeah. took place in 2017 where i i look back at the historicals and I believe it was around 88% of the coins died. And then of that 12%, only a fraction, like just maybe 10% of those coins ended up like outperforming Ethereum even. 
so like so in the in the survivors list was even coins like bitcoin cash and litecoin <laughs> which did not great in like the last the last yep. major run-up so um i i you know i see that happening again with a lot of the coins that are in the market on the rankings list like if i look on coin market cap quite frankly i just think there's a lot of junk in the list where most of these coins are just not going to survive the test of time so the only the only ones i'm i'm comfortable really speculating on are either um something that's based around a network that has some sort of demand or some sort of uh price that scales based on the demand or you know stores of value that that ha that have at least been like bitcoin is just store of value basically that's the narrative um things like that so yeah i i i foresee big big changes in the in the rankings but the but the right picks for sure i mean it this if you make the right picks in this market it's it's just gonna be worth obscene amounts in just a couple couple years so yeah um that's where i go back to like i guess my traditional mm asset investing approach is i call it like bucket investing yeah so you'll have you know say in a traditional market you'll have like you know if you're into tech uh cloud companies or mm. um social media you know vr semiconductors things like that and you don't want well it, <laughs> i guess this could be this is like just personal experience because we're never going to say financial advice so personal experience is if you think you're the smartest person on the planet, then you go ahead and you pick the one company out of each of those sectors and you're going to pick the winner and you're going to make a ton of money because you picked the best one that never happens. Mm -hmm. So instead, you know, make a, make a bucket of, you know, a sector that, you know, you really think that could go somewhere. So if we're talking, you know, Ethereum uh, load carriers, then, you know, grab yourself uh, some Polkadot and Kusama and Cosmos and Pulse Chain and kind of, you know, weight them accordingly in that bucket. But at least if, if and when we go through this next cycle, like you were just saying, a lot of these things die. But if you have a bucket, you're you're going to be holding a winner, and chances are that winner, if if it wins out of you know the ones that you're holding, and it becomes the one, that those gains will far outpace any losses yeah. that you suffered on those right. other you know assets. Yeah. So it's it it helps you sleep at night, and really it's like. Um, you know, I come from the hex mindset of delayed gratification because my, you know, some of my biggest uh, bags in my area of expertise now is hex and pulse chain. But um, it, it it's just the way it is with long term investing is if you try to catch a quick flip, if it's not say on a uh, black swan event like a a market crash to where you know you throw in or average in, I should say, um, you know, kind of near the bottom and then catch the wave up mm. um, and or hold or flip out of it. You're, you're, you know, kind of, I don't know, on your own there and just make smart long-term decisions and, you know, spread your risk around. 
but yeah. you can do that in a way to where you can do that with higher potential assets. Mm. It's just, you have to hold on to those things. And yes. it, if you can hold yeah. on to them, how many times have we heard, you know, people say, Oh, well, if I would have hold on, held on to uh, Bitcoin <laughs> yes. from like so 30 true. bucks or 50 bucks. And, yeah. you know, it, it's just tuck them away. It's kind of like yeah. what you're doing with uh, your Bitcoin and Ethereum you know, in a way, because yeah. you have those and like wallets, you're like, okay, they're, they're cool. I, I got my stuff I'm active with, but hopefully, you know, the, the way you're talking is just like, you know what? Cool. I'll, I'll open them up in five, 10 years and we'll see what we got. Yeah. It was, it was really funny. I was talking to my, I was talking to my older brother, how, cause he, this, I think the last cycle he spec, he doesn't speculate on, on altcoins anymore. He's, he's just kind of, uh, he's been through that, 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 um, those cycles multiple times and i just remember i think the last snapshot of him speculating on alts he was like yeah I, re I remember people would like mention these like 10 coins they would have and no bitcoin and ethereum and like and like statistically speaking the coins that the person's picking are are likely not going to survive like i know i know pe people have this they they just have this uh idea like it, it becomes more like an emotional attachment it's hard this market is very very hard and even like i have a very strong belief like things like you know hex are gonna do very well over seven to ten years but like i'm not gonna not hold like any bitcoin or ethereum like it's just it's a very good it's a very good anchor in the portfolio and and by the way like the percentage i put into into Hex has just destroyed everything in my portfolio. Where I know, flipped, right? It, like I'm the same. Flipped way. Everything it flipped everything, and I was like, okay, <laughs> like, that's cool. And then, but that that's the whole thing. Like it was only at the time, like I wasn't worried about it because it was. I put like a, a, a I just scaled in as a lower. It was it, it was one of my picks in the what i considered like at the time i was like okay bitcoin ethereum let me speculate on some altcoins and then it just happens to be it, it pretty much destroyed everything and then that's now so cool it's like, like one of my yeah i'm hearing was, you say that and it's kind of the way that i looked at it i you know i was mm -hmm. in a little bit earlier i'm not there's no bragging here or anything, but I was a little bit earlier than you, but the thought process is exactly the same. And again, it kind of goes back to that bucket thing that I was talking about. It's like, you're not a maximalist of Ethereum or Bitcoin. Yeah. You have an open mind. You're looking for different assets. You're looking for different, um, you know, technologies or, you know, what, what's, the, I don't even know what the word it is I'm looking for, but mm -hmm. just different, um, you know, sectors and that that's that's how you do it like you, you catch a hex if you yeah. do that you, right. you, you you miss a hex if you're just like oh my gosh bitcoin bsv or bitcoin cash and one of these will become the world's currency one day and it's just like okay and it, that's that's even open-minded for some people like yeah. bitcoin <laughs> bitcoin maxis would never do that or i know some i have known a one or two bitcoin sv uh maxi as weird as it is to say mm -hmm. bitcoin cash maxi like you have to have those buckets and 
if if you do at the right times now obviously you figure out the winners over time so i think that bitcoin will be the winner you know kind of in that store of value mm. case uh as to what it is now i mean right. it's changed from like peer-to-peer digital cash and payments and none of that's gonna happen mm. but you know ethereum is you know kind of the pipes now and that's like Mm, okay so what can we do to to help this it's right a pulse chain it's a polka dot and you know you have very very smart people behind these things too that's another thing that i look at you have a gavin wood um i deem him extremely intelligent um of course richard hart no brainer there and it's 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 those leaders and if you have insight to what they're doing, that's what I really like about mm. say a hex and a pulse chain is you have so much insight because the founder of those is so active. He tells you what his thought process is, you know, every few weeks could be a mm-hmm. month, depending upon how hard he's working. Right. He's now coming out and saying he could just go on a hiring spree, which is just really exciting. If you hold some of those assets, um, well, hold I guess Hex is an asset right now. Pulse Chain will be possibly, depending upon what the sacrifice phase reveals. But that that transparency to, and I call it transparency in quotes. But I mean, just compared to, um, you know, traditional markets, like you you have, a, it's like a you know Elon Musk coming on and doing a live stream, and telling you what is going on and his thoughts on, you know, the the auto industry in you know every couple of weeks and yeah it, to to me like the information flow is it's so undervalued mm. and you you have that access for free and you know the you know the few understand this thing few understand that and i think we're just like the, those who get it and absorb as much as they can and i'm just just saying you know from you know richard hart it's it's a whole kind of youtube revolution that we've gone through in the past i'd say three to five years to where the flow of information it's not just on the web anymore i mean there's so many granny gotta watch out for you know whose content you take in because there's a lot of rug pulls and whatnot but there's a lot of really good stuff out there too that can at least help you learn um it's whether you you know fall down the wrong rabbit hole so to speak that 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 can really hurt you but there mm. there's so much opportunity for learning um than there was i'd say five seven ten years ago yeah i agree yeah there's there's definitely i 100 percent agree with that no i would say that's the with the internet and like with twitter and these communities forming online it's a lot easier these days to get just better access to information so that's twitter yeah twitter's a great one yep yeah for sure because that's just for the interaction like real time kind of thing yeah yeah for sure nice i'm just playing with some settings here interesting yeah it's all all good lighting all right so yeah where were we uh yeah we were just um i mean a bunch of things we could go anywhere really Um, right (laughs) so yeah i guess the maybe maybe even the the idea like as far as um race so so i know a lot of people are generally like when they put money in they they usually go like well i shouldn't say not not in all instances but 
it's hard starting out because you know when somebody enters the market you're trying to turn that into like a lot more money and then once you have more capital it's it's a little bit easier because like for example if somebody starts with you know ten thousand dollars or even like fifty thousand dollars and they multiply it um you know you can basically reset back to even getting back to the point where you, you you go back to like even what the original principle you had so if you put in like a hundred thousand it, it all scales the same way but um if you're really patient with that with that money at a certain point in time and granted it might take a long time to like do it from like really from a really big hit to another big hit but um kind of the idea is like you could basically take that money and do another 10 to a 100x on it if you're um, if you're very patient and sometimes it could take like two to three years to identify a really good <laughs> opportunity on that. Like for me, like I, I was really happy when the, um, and again, everything like, on this is, yeah. I was going to say traditional market guys like kind of scoff at that because it's like, yeah. oh, 10 to a hundred. But I mean, you're, you're just talking crypto, which is reality. I mean, people yeah. don't realize that, but, but you're comfortable with crypto, you know, crypto, so yeah. it, it kind of like rolls right off your tongue because mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, this is possible. Yeah. I'm just looking every time I'm putting, I'm looking at least at the minimum for a 10X at the very least. And then, um, you know, if you get a really good hit, it just ends up being ridiculous. So, yeah. but yeah, you're right. People, people scoff at it. Um, and I think a lot of it is mostly the, they look at the volatility in the market and um, the volatility is, is, it's pretty much as even Richard mentioned, the volatility is what creates all the opportunity. So, yeah. you know, being, um, knowing and understanding that is so very powerful to make. And, and I grant, like, grant, I know like somebody's going to listen to this and like, say like bullshit and no, it's actually not like, cause the, well, even, I, even I back, think an important caveat is yeah. it like, you almost have to be in a bull cycle and that yes. is the key like Correct. not not buying into like the bear like because you're just going to yeah. keep getting wrecked and the downtrend is just going to eat you up the churn right. and all that but if you hit the cycle right yes you mm -hmm. you can do it it's just the patience that's the hard part really is the the patience and preservation of capital mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and yeah, you're you're right on the the bear cycle part because if you get caught in a bear cycle, I mean the last really long one we had, if you if you just exclude you know from 2019 to 2020, because that that was you know like a eight to 12 months, which really wasn't that that long. But the one prior to that, I mean, it was like it was like a basically like a two year bear market. So um, yeah, those downtrends are are very brutal that's why like the capital preservation is pretty important because like i mean even today I, I would say my relative positioning in the market as far as distribution it's it's about 75 25 it's like 75 percent crypto 25 percent stable coins but the 25 percent that i have in stable coins is more than what i originally started with in the market and, and that's even that's even accounting in for things like tax liabilities. Um, so my principal, even after tax liabilities from the year uh, 2020 is is higher than what I started with. So now, you know, having the experience of like going, going through these 
these really volatile cycles um it's just it puts a different perspective on it but it's also you know it, it it's pretty wild to see like just the um cash is just i mean it's just junk like it's it's just the the frame of reference is going to change over you know it's changing pretty fast as far as like what's perceived as like quote unquote like a lot of money i think that that frame of reference is going to change um pretty fast over the next over the next decade even even with all the volatility because like all the all the good assets that you want like even real estate um the prices on those have pumped a lot through the whole pandemic um i'm not i'm not actively looking to buy you know like real estate because i i know i can make money a lot faster um just being very patient in something like crypto but it's a pretty you know if somebody buying real estate it's not it's pretty solid anchor if your intention is just to like never sell it or if you plan on living in it or it's just um, or just serve as like a diversification tool because yeah. i mean it like i'm not going to be in crypto like as heavy as i am in crypto i i anticipate yeah. i'll be in crypto for forever for the rest of my life but mm -hmm. i'm not going to be as heavy in it years down the road i'm going to sure. take some of that diversify maybe some real estate some mm -hmm. dividend yielding i know you know it's not crypto but you know some dividend stocks some yielding yeah. crypto plays that you know just broaden the base there and yeah. you know just give you that total sense of security while mm -hmm. keeping your income stream from you know some of your selected crypto assets so. sure yeah, that makes sense. I mean, as far as the the yielding part of it, the the thing is like if you're getting depending on even if it's a small percentage of yields, if it's on a, if it's on enough capital that you're you don't quite know what to do with it yet, but you're just collecting as you mentioned yield, you just get basically free yield to like cost average if it was like during let's say a bear market or something like that. So yeah, the capital preservation is really big. Um, I get there's the, you know, the, you're not going to be, you know, if whoever makes like, let's say the, they go for maximum gains. I mean, that comes with, a, with of course, a lot of like volatility, blah, blah, blah. Like um, you can basically kind of taper down on it. I, I would say the, the struggle initially is the person probably, it's like I, I can understand even even Wendy's mentioned it, I think recently is like initially the person you kind of like have to go when you see that really good opportunity, you kind of have to go hard initially, get that good base. And then it's like easier from there because you don't have to take on as much risk anymore to make a lot of money basically really, really, really quickly through like a bull, a bull cycle. Cause the, the bear markets, sure. The bear markets could last a couple of years, but the big moves, they play out over just a few months at a time. So, um, it's just, it's, it's wild. Cause I, I see it just over and over again. And then, um, even with, yeah, even with, um, uh, some, friends that looked into the market like this is back when i when i used to work at my former job um i remember you know i'd get like questions from other people in the office at the time um i think if some of them actually bought in at the time i used to work there uh some of them probably did pretty pretty well but um 
yeah I, that's not really the same for like my uh my parents usually like tend to like get in when there's like a local top somewhere so uh, yeah and then they and then they give me a phone call when the price is like going down i'm like gee like not this again <laughs> yeah it's like the taxi yeah. cab driver thing and yeah. you know once you start hearing it from them it's like okay we we probably hit the uh end of this cycle yeah. kind of thing right so yeah that's definitely a time to be careful i <laughs> I don't feel like it's we're there yet, which kind yeah. of gives me pause in the whole, you know, oh, are we headed into a bear? Are we in a bear? I don't feel mm -hmm. that yet. The only thing that gives me that feel is like the NFT craze right now. Mm -hmm. But even then, it's like, I don't know, like you have so much helicopter money that yeah, is exactly and, you know, stock market hitting new highs. And, you know, if all this NFT crap is, you know, just going to the moon why can't an ethereum why can't bitcoin like the real in quotes you know assets the the you know the top of the ranking assets right. if you will yeah that makes sense to me yeah i have a i have similar thoughts on that it's just like i don't know it's with with there there was a really good chart posted by it, it was um somebody that basically uh, they took the M2 money, they took the money supply and then related like what the price of Bitcoin is relative to the amount of printing that took place. And I believe the lowest it got it on that price chart, it actually retested its previous all time high. So, yeah, I have a I have a hard time seeing um, like ten thousand um, dollars. It might my, my my speculation is if we did see a second wave down, it if the price went below twenty thousand dollars, I don't, I don't think it'd last for that long. Was I think it looked just like, like a, a wick really quick wick kind of thing. Yeah, just yeah. a very quick wick on the price chart. Because the closest fractal I see right now, if if the bear wave did play out, um, the entire bear market basically starting from twenty seventeen and up through. Uh, I would say basically December of 2018. And then there was that move up to 14K. There was that bear wave and then that explosive move up to 60K. There's a very, there's a lot of market history there. So um, the closest resemblance I can see to that on like a larger scale is basically that whole, um, that entire cycle from October of like 2011 up through December of like 2013. And then it crashed basically down to a major market structure level during that double cycle. So there's a lot, there's a lot of similarities, I guess, with that double cycle, depending on what you reference is like the fractal on the price chart. But yeah, either way, like if, if we do get that type of uh, down draw, that's going to be a pretty insane it, for people that, that have some, some stable coins, they'll be able to pick up. Um, a lot of cheap coins, but I'm not, I'm not going to bank on that. So still basically at this point, whatever I have is going to be biased heavier towards the crypto side. And then the cash is just, all right, well, I'll figure out what to do with this, do with this later. Um, I ha and, and that's, that's with my, that's basically with my, uh, bags for pulse chain as well. Like that includes whatever, you know, whatever I sacrificed, I did buy, uh, basically liquid hex as well for for the snapshot on top of like what i originally had and um 
I basically have everything I want. So I have Bitcoin, I have Ethereum, I have Hex, I have my Liquid Hex for, for P Hex, I have my Pulse coming, and then I have my Layer Zero hedges in mm-hmm. like Polkadot and Kusama, and I have some stable coins. So it's like, all right, well, I just I don't have to do anything. Sounds to me that's like a it. very nice por- balanced portfolio there. Yeah, so that's the... Or at least one to my liking anyway, because I have yeah. most of those. So yeah, and it, it's important to to have um, some of those stables. I don't think we totally got into that earlier, but um, you know, just the potential opportunity loss to at least have those, because if mm-hmm. if you're not part of a centralized exchange, and you're trying to get something that's like on a Uniswap and you don't have to, you don't want to run the risk of going through the funds clearing and all that stuff. I mean, why not have, you know, your USD be USDC and have that already cleared so you can either send it from a exchange to your MetaMask wallet or, you know, just get it in that wallet so you're ready to pounce because there's nothing more frustrating than seeing an opportunity come down the line and you get a dip or you know there you can't place a limit order because you're waiting on funds to clear and it happens and then it's gone and you're just (laughs) left there like oh my gosh man like there it was and you see that wick on the price chart like two months later yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like i could have had that but my right. money was like in purgatory yeah. it's so. it's always it's really hard looking back at um this is why i always looking back at like even well well for one i guess even back to the stable coin so money on sidelines so it's really good to have things prepared but sidelines mean sidelines they don't mean like you take that money and you throw it back in, like chasing, um, chasing a move. Like sidelines is just at rest under whatever market conditions, unless it, it, it hits like a just a certain level where you can reinvest like some of that money um, back into the market. So, yeah, it's it, it's you know I, I think it it works like the same kind of um, mentality works in reverse to in bull markets where. Uh, people tend to like look at the absolute that happened. And that that's why I don't like, I personally just don't like absolute price predictions other than just projecting like, here's what the moves could look like. Because um, at the end of the day, there's going to be the result on the price chart. You're probably not going to get it. And then um, it like, it's this kind of like your mind always goes back and looks at the perfect play as if it was actually feasible but there's always there's the there's the perfect play in bull markets and there's the perfect play in bear markets and i personally think it's easier to get closer to the perfect play in bear markets where the 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 market just resets to like a different level as opposed to like the the bull markets where you're going for like a blow off top or something like that so yeah and in the bear markets the the important thing i have there is patience because it's if you see a trend break, it's so easy if you're not as experienced to try to jump in and catch that first bounce and be and you can go back, you know, further in the chart and be like, oh, you know, th- this, you know, could be a support level. Yeah. Oftentimes it's not with a, a with a long term trend break, but some people will do that. I mean, I probably did that 
15, 20 years ago, just like trying to learn the stuff. And, you know, you get in there, you make those mistakes, and then you, you learn the patience because if you learn that patience, that pays dividends that pays you mm -hmm. so much money because you're preserving that capital yeah. and then you wait for levels down and it could be months, maybe a year. I mean, mm -hmm. we were talking the 2018 uh, bear market. I mean, that was a long bear market. I know, um, you know, people like Richard Hart be like, Oh, you know, bear market be like another nine months or something like that. Kind of just, off the cuff about it i'm like well bear market the last one was it felt like a lot longer than that and i think yeah. it was but yeah it's like one of those things where you, you i mean if you exercise patience but it, it's something that you learn it's easy to say and be like oh just be patient but you have to you have to go through take your lumps and you know if you listen to other people who've been through it maybe you take less lumps and that way you're at least prepared and more secure to yeah. you know be ready to pounce it for those opportunities right. so and you're i'm just had a note here you mentioned some liquid hex earlier i'm i'm doing the exact same thing so i added some um today like right before we got on and it's just to me that is a supply game right now just with the unique mm -hmm. situation of the pulse chain snapshot so i'm looking just like on the uniswap i guess pools right now there's like mm -hmm. 99 million hex that's out there right now and mm -hmm. the price is like 13 cents i think when we wicked up well we didn't i'll say when we wicked up when we were like 16 um 18 cents i think the that liquid supply or the available supply on the markets got down to like 60 million or something like that i mean it was quite i mean it was 40 30 40 percent lower yeah and it's just like i just off the cuff math but it's like okay well if this guy bought fifty thousand hex like what five thousand bucks or six thousand bucks and that guy bought 50,000 hex and 20 people do that. Well, that's a million off the market. Now, granted, mm -hmm. you know, this is really quick math and it accounts for like nobody selling, which people stakes are becoming due. There, there are some people that sell, but that's not including say whales who could hit the market. And I don't know. It just seems like a, a it's a supply game. I think that nobody is getting quite yet. And I think the FOMO will kick in once we get say a snapshot, block that you know richard announces right right and then yeah. i think it it just the pressure goes up immensely on the price and, and this mm -hmm. is just my opinion not mm -hmm. advice at all but there have been other snapshot dates uh rainy Halarski has pointed out a few in his videos but i mean some of these coins go ballistic beforehand now i'm not saying you know they should or they could and there could be different things at play here but then my mind wonders it's like okay well this limited liquidity is already thin right now what yeah. if that liquidity gets even thinner and you know you can't because the thinking is i guess conventional thinking is okay there's going to be a rush especially since the main coin of benefit after the mm -hmm. pulse chain snapshot is hex yeah, the main rush is going to be four hex on Ethereum because that will probably be the first thing that dumps after the snapshot, and then everybody gets their copy of Pulse. But it's that 
it's that run up. So it's like, okay, things should just go right along and that's fine. But I mean, a couple of fun things have come to mind. Uh, one is what if that liquidity just isn't there anymore. So people can't, whoever, what entities ever control it, the majority of it. Uh, just what if buyers can't go in and just front run the entire price? What if that opportunity goes away weeks before that announcement is made or yeah. days days before? I don't know. Right. Just Just something to think about. Or we know there are huge wallets out there knowing that you get a copy of your hex after the snapshot on pulse chain. And there's only 99 million. I've done the calculation as to how much ETH or USD that would cost to knock that out. Mm -hmm. Always take into account. Yes, there will be people selling into this. Yeah. But what if whales see that as a last, last chance to buy and you get your coins on two chains Mm-hmm. And if you think your e-hex is going to be at least 50% of your p-hex, would that not be just a tremendous investment to make to buy the rest of it up? I'm just thinking out loud here, but there, I think we could very well see some fireworks in the next four to eight weeks. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm seeing too, at least on the, the price charts. Every, everything looks really good on the price charts and generally I, I remember I remember actually talking about um th- this is why even going back to like the whole relative size positions is really powerful because there's plenty of people and I, I know this for a fact in terms of psychology. Um and it, it is what it is, but there's there's people that basically got washed out of a lot of their hex positions on the run-up selling at like three cents, four cents, whatever, um, which is like profit-taking is fine. Um, but I, I think for for a lot, because there, there was a lot of, Richard made a lot of fucking plebs rich. Like, let's just, <laughs> let's just, let's just be real on that. He made a lot of plebs rich. Um, and <clears throat> the result of that is uh, when somebody, let's say, hits, like they go from having no money to a lot of money like if they if they rolled like their whole stack and even even into hex like that um that takes like skill in my opinion or it's not it's really just mental psychology to like maintain that level of wealth over longer periods of time so kind of what i'm imagining is a lot of the like there there was already x whales that got killed on the run up like tr- truthfully there's already on chain data that proves this there's plenty of people that got killed on the run up. And then um, kind of what I imagine is uh, like to put it in perspective, somebody, you know, somebody like me that has my bags, I have no pressure when it comes to basically the price charts because of the whole relative positioning in, in other things. Like sometimes Ethereum is, is moving when Hex is not. So overall, like it's a really nice balance and there's just not really any pressure on anything. It just ends up becoming everything is volatile as fuck. And then moves at, it's like, generally there's like the one set of assets that move and then hex is kind of staggered. I've noticed from when it makes it's really big moves on the price chart. So mm-hmm. it's really nice having that. And then I think what's going to end up happening is 
well, there's going to be more people that get killed during the bull market for sure. And then um, it's, I, I think it's going to end up becoming to a point where a lot of the, once you start to have like bigger money enter, they're very smart about how they're buying up coins. I mean, they're, they're doing stealth buys in the bear market and they're not, they're not doing this like through wallets that you're even aware of. They'll set up multiple wallets, put stables on there, set limit orders, things like that. So, um, you know, for me, it's like, I look at the relative rankings on the, the hex ladder. And so far, I think kind of my, my idea, as far as like squids being a very sweet spot, basically played out it really well like even today you know if you look at like mid to upper tier squids i think there's probably a good portion of them on ct that have like over a million usd and like hex or something like that getting paid like a lot of like interests a month that's that's uh, staked out over over a long period of time so yeah. it's going to be very um yeah, I, I think overall, like the the scaling and all that, because I, I don't really believe like most people when they like if they're if they have a heavy concentration, basically, um, it's pretty rare where they, they kind of make it to the end because the volatility is very for one, the volatility is scary for them. And then um, and then two, if it's if they get to certain levels of wealth for the first time, it's uh it's a the the game kind of starts to like change in a way but um that's kind of my thought at least as far as certain positions like i i think the ladders in general like who you see at certain at certain levels in the ladder i think is going to change a lot over like a five to ten year period much like the people that sold um because it's it's really easy to look at something in hindsight and then say if I held Bitcoin from five dollars to sixty-five thousand dollars, because you're you're going back and looking at something in hindsight. There's yeah. a very big difference between the hindsight and actually doing something in practice. Most, the vast majority, will fail to do it um, in practice, and then end up with this is across even a lot of things, like a lot of their holdings. They'll end up with uh, less coins, and then um, at a certain point, I'm like everybody ends up kind of figuring it out but um i guess that's the that's part of the the growth ladder on um on the investing side so yeah it's like we did a or i guess i did a thought exercise like for a year-end um hex review show i did probably like late december yeah and it was like what would you have done differently like knowing what you know now i think it was like whales only was on there mm -hmm. big pep hexologist and i forget you know what some of them would have said i think some of them you know might have said like stake longer or whatever but i think mine was along those lines it was increasing my stake length overall mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. my ladder is i mean it's it goes 15 years easily yeah. but it's it's a little front loaded so mm -hmm. at the time i said you know i probably would have spread that out a little bit but i don't know it's funny how things change and it's like okay well if you know you the possibilities with pulse chain then open up which weren't there at the end of last year yeah. so it's like okay well you could have like some extra coins here so that might actually 
change your point of view. So I, I was originally saying, yeah, I would have like staked some, I wouldn't have front loaded it as much. Mm. Um, I haven't not swapped a sold a single hex for USD yet. So I, I had like a limit of like, I guess a couple of years, at least I wasn't going to touch it. And I had some come up that I, I guess bought before big payday that I kind of just rolled some other coins into. So I'm not counting that in that, but still I haven't um, cashed that out yet. I just kind of like rolled that in before big payday and then put those in some other stakes. And then a lot of that ended up in pulse chain sacrifice. So it's interesting how that, that rolls along. So I, I think I'm actually really comfortable with, now like knowing you know the the fork is happening um more comfortable than i was say nine months ago when we were having that discussion yeah yeah for sure it's um i'm just keeping a very close eye for uh the inevitable announcement of like the the test net and then i i would say that is where the speculation is really going to start to rev up so your timing seems about in line with kind of what i was thinking and the test net is kind of one of the the catalysts that goes into that. Cause then you know like the main net launch is not too far out at that point. And um any like everything it always has like front running. So um I fully expect like front running to get because the thing is when when later on there's there's a lot more unknowns when it comes to buying P hacks directly on Pulse Chain. Cause personally I'm not using any of my pulse tokens to buy like P hacks initially. Like I have that reserve set aside specifically for pulse. And um, that's what it's going to stay, like basically stay invested in. Uh, but in the case for the initial trading that takes place, the the only reference is going to be the pulse, the P hacks on some sort of decks. And at that point, you're guessing what the USD price of, of pulse will be. Um, before let's say the bridge takes place because there's there's going to be probably speculative trading before the actual bridge mm -hmm. and then there's the the bridge that comes and then now you have like usdc or usd or, or all, all kinds of stuff or, or you can have all sorts of stuff start to spill over from ethereum that start to um give a, a better reference point as far as what the 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 usd price of uh pulse token is at that time so um, the way I look at it is both um, the thing is there's there's like there's 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 a high supply of pulse, but it's starting at a very low market cap. So to move the market on that, it doesn't require probably very much like economic energy. And then in the case for like PHEX, it's it's the it's basically the only rare um, token that's going to be on the chain. Like there's going to be everything that gets copied over from the snapshot, but there's already uh, not a very, there's not much supply of hex and then P hex is just going to be rare. Um, so to me, it just, you know, you have the price chart on hex and that's your best data point basically right now. Otherwise, like, I mean, I'm sure you can get like, uh, well, I shouldn't say I'm, I'm sure I, I should say maybe you can get like a good deal, but the chance of like somebody doing, getting like a quote unquote good deal, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, you have the price chart now. You have you have at least 
like you have more data to go off of off the hex price chart that's basically the most that's the most clear reference because all that's really happening is now okay so here's the price chart for hex and then it's just to me a question of which one ends up doing better like hex or p hex and it's like all right well i don't know which one's going to do better so i want i need i'm going to have both of them and I don't need to speculate between the two because I'll because I'll have bags. What what I what I what I will do later on though is after like after insane amounts of volatility and maybe later at a later point in time when there's more clarity as far as like the ratios, that's when I might speculate like okay like you know hex to p hex, but it's not going to come from like my original sizings or anything like that. Any speculation I do on that's going to be totally separate from my uh, initial positions on everything, which is basically all the hacks that I have today, as well as anything that I've sacrificed specifically for uh, Pulse tokens. Yeah, I think at that point, you're just throwing darts at a board. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll, um, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, is like, mm -hmm. if you're comfortable with your bags, you don't have to, you don't feel the need to do that. I mean, if you want to, yeah gamble on it and throw some darts go, right. you do you go, go ahead but yeah um it's not like you, you feel compelled to be like oh you know maybe if i had you know just throw a little at it i can get lucky kind of thing yeah. um you know i i, I do remember <laughs> i think it was uh, a couple hex skins i think one of them was like uh johnny chaos and mm. he in the hex launch when it first appeared on exchanges i forget what it was it was some random exchange like bitmart or something yeah. but um you know people would put like a one satoshi bid for a chunk of hex mm. and it, it was it was like in the first weeks of launch and it was just like oh this hex crap thing who no no nobody cares about this and they would just let let it sit there for days mm. weeks and eventually people would give up and sell and mm -hmm. you know it was just they, they got filled at once <laughs> and <laughs> it's like legendary yeah. man because now right. like you're rolling with that hex yeah so um, yeah just, it... just saw a tweet from eric wall scroll uh, by i guess he's tweeting with richard you brought him up earlier he i i consider him to be just a, as a quick aside like a very smart guy but i i just mm -hmm. I, I think he i don't know if he's just an expert concern troll like a chris black or mm. if that's what he does for engagement i, I it could be yeah it's a good point he's um, a smart guy but it's just like yeah. you're, you're gonna spend like three hours with uh the developer kyle and then come out of it and still like kind of act like you know you're, you're you're not i don't know you still don't either get it or you still have your doubts about it when i, I just it i don't compute that at all yeah i think it's more just at this point like concern trolling kind of seems like but yeah, but uh yeah i guess each to each their own indeed um yeah there it's like it's the same thing it's like either like either you get it or you just don't get it I, I and that it goes to the whole thing like um like a lot of stuff in crypto people look at things from like an absolute frame a reference like there's th there's like generalities that like work so 
his main point was uh like my main takeaway when he had his interview with uh kyle was he brought up um he brought up basically a a a point that applies i think pretty well to like smart contract platforms when you're talking um he, he basically brought up like demands from like utility or something which he was referencing like ethereum where you use ethereum for staking and then uh you use it i think kyle called it like compute credits and like smart contracts so you're you're using it for like other other things so um yeah like if you're doing like a smart contract platform that makes sense to me but i guess the thing is like when you look at um something like hex like you have the the t-share is basically the the built-in like quote-unquote supply sink like in th in theory if you if you look at it from from that angle but um <clears throat> i think the thing is like a lot of people again it goes back to like the whole absolutes where like it takes first off a lot of time to have like a certain amount of data in the market and then by the time like you have a lot of your answers the price could also be like a lot higher as a result i don't know so it's like I, to me it's just the whole thing when it comes to opportunities and that that's why i do just like i just do size bets on things that i have that i think have a, a very high chance um because like a lot of this mental psychology like in the case for like eric wall and i'm not i'm not trying to like he is a very smart guy like he's very knowledgeable when it comes to crypto in general and a lot of his ideas are are very true when you look at just smart contract platforms like ethereum because it's ethereum is based off some kind of demand to use the network um but the thing is like i don't know for for the <clears throat> for the um for other things that that have a different intention so if you have just pure store of value you can make the same argument for like his arguments could be directly applied to even Bitcoin today, because Bitcoin doesn't have any like you store it in your wallet, you gain no interest in it. Actually, you get you actually get diluted from from miners from selling into the market, and you you keep it in your wallet with no no way to like attach it to a decentralized exchange. So for me, it's like Bitcoin. Just from that, like I I hold I have like I have like Bitcoin, but it, it's overall. You know, from my view, it's utility in the market sucks, but you know, I still I still hold some. Like I know there's a big network effect around it, so so I still I still have some in my portfolio. But uh, isn't but it, isn't its utility like the store of value though, in a sense? Yeah, that's what I mean. Is like okay. it, for me as a store of value, it because this is a very interesting fine. topic. Yeah. Like you're you're yeah, getting on here, and I have some comments on it. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so as a store of value, it's fine if people just want to put money into it, and because they believe the price is going to go up sure it it's performed that function very well but it's like you can't you can't let's say use certain arguments against tax when it's basically a better it's a better incentive model when it comes to a store of value in my opinion because of the whole the whole t-shirt model and and a lot of hexagons already know this of course but um yeah it's like in one system you have all this overhead cost that that causes selling of price down which to me is like very to me it's very clear and obvious like on on bitcoin and e even the proof of work version of, of ethereum before they they head into proof of stake to me that's very obvious it's like you have uh, miners have overhead costs they have to sell the price to maintain some 
level they have to do that just to maintain maintain a business so there's going to be supply that gets sold into the market hence you know grayscale was buying otc from bitcoin miners before before those coins would hit the market that that would sell the price down so yeah it's like basically that that whole dilemma of the um the overhead cost gets gets wiped out so it's like okay I don't have this overhead cost now. And and to me, it's like the, the main thing which will get figured out with enough time is the whole like hex versus P hex as far as the relative valuations, because the um I would say basically the like if you if you did consider like overhead in, in hex, the because the congestion is so extreme on Ethereum, that overhead does bleed into um, hex holders to, to some level, depending, and it's, it's all relative to the size of their stakes. And, um, you know, there's going to be whales that it's such a small portion. It ends up not mattering. I, I would say the, the, the whole thing with like fees for the people that really push the prices up in these order books, it doesn't matter. It's really, it, it's something that unfortunately, and there's not really a way to avoid this. It, it's more so going to affect, the smaller player it's the same thing like if if there's a smaller player moving value around on bitcoin or ethereum like the fee they have to pay to move that value is much more substantial relative to them versus some whale that can you know freely move value around easily in the network so you know the 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 um so so even from that context for the players that actually have like a big impact on the on the price chart the overhead cost for them is basically nothing. So it's like, okay, overhead cost is wiped out. And then it comes into like a game. Like, I, I don't think the game is it in terms of like the, the T-share hoarding is really happens yet. But once there starts to be larger spikes on the number of hex that's required to, to have a certain T-share, because I, I know for a fact, like off other stakes that I had, if you take, let's say your... Um, your hex plus your interest. And if you try to restake it for, let's say, even the same length of time, um, it was about, uh, for me, it was like 10 to 15% less. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are thinking it's just going to be, you know, close to the like, same. Close and, to the same. It's yeah. not going to be close to the same. Like this is, uh, there's stakes that come out in the system that push the price up. And then so does yours. When your stake comes out, it pushes the T share price up. So, you know, once that uh, once you start to have these longer stakes that are accumulating lots of interest, especially you know if they if they doubled up on their T shares, which we'll see around like year five or or somewhere closer to like year ten, where it's like a two point five x on on the base like T share um, T shares that you get, it's that's going to have a dramatic impact. I I'm expecting later on when it comes to the price of the T shares and then it's like, okay, well now to maintain a certain position in a ladder, you have to like, you have to either make a really good move on a price chart, which most people aren't going to be able to do, or you have to basically, um, hoard more coins and and put and basically keep buying like more more t-shares so to me the t-shares are are kind of the brilliance mechanic that's built in and just has like a sustainable uh incentive model that exists so it's like in in bitcoin you have to me it's very i just look at incentives like bitcoin miners get coins that they can sell and then in hex 
you're incentivized with like interest through T shares. And it's like, like when people even reference things like scams, like basically scams end up failing because whatever incentive model existed ends up failing at some point. But you look at something like Bitcoin and Hex, like that's that incentive model doesn't like it doesn't really stop. Like the whole the whole thing with like the T shares, um, stuff like that. So I, I think that the whole understanding incentives and why it can cause a big increase in price, I think goes over a lot of people's heads. And then just kind of the the other thing is if you if you consider like monetization of time to be very valuable, that to me is a very good narrative. Th- that hasn't been done. That Hex was the first one to do that in the market. So that is he, the utility. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the utility. So this is this is what drives yeah. me nuts. Absolutely yeah. nuts is right. um, dollar cost crypto. And I had Dave Levine on just for like a overall crypto. I mean, we talked for probably like four hours, probably this time last year about yeah. like the top 100 coins <laughs> and I mean, pretty much, you know, our favorites and whatnot when I was actually like in a lot more coins than I am now. And um, he, we finally got to Hex and Dave's main question was, he's like, but what does it do? And I'm like, oh my gosh, man. I'm like, how can you not just understand like the time locking of a coin to gain interest like that's the utility that's what it does and i i think there's like just this unhealthy obsession with a lot of people um, not just you know people on crypto twitter but i mean actual say thought leaders or you know investors like a uh, raw powell um who you know question who <laughs> i guess <sighs> they're very smart so i'm not gonna call them like stupid but they just don't understand or they um just dismiss like the utility case of hex because to me it's just smack yourself over the head with a frying pan simple Mm. you you time lock the tokens to gain interest that is the utility yeah, and I had the same discussion in an email chat with mm-hmm. uh, Cody Willard, who I had on stream with mm-hmm. Richard, which would ended up being quite the fun uh, twenty minutes there for anybody who hasn't seen it. But <laughs> it was uh, quite eventful. But in our email discussions before he agreed to come on, he was like, "But he, what? What does it do?" And I'm like, "What? What does it have to do?" For you yeah. like bitcoin is like a digital gold now it's a store of value it was supposed to be peer-to-peer digital cash and then it was like gonna be some payment mechanism which nobody can accept because it's so slow so the utility in that is absolutely gone so it's utility in quotation marks is like a digital gold and i'm fine with that i think yeah. it works great I with that and i think wonderful yeah. yeah many people believe in that and yeah it's like okay if that is a digital gold then why isn't a hex a digital time deposit because that's exactly what it is and i just don't understand the failure it it's either the failure in understanding it which i have a hard time believing because a lot of these guys are smart or it's just like a a an excuse 
or a dismissal used as an excuse to be like, yeah. well, I, I just, I don't see the point in it. It's just, you're putting money in and you, you take more money out later. Well, don't we do that with banks? Like I, I it just really gets on my nerves. That's like one thing that it has driven me nuts lately because you have like these very smart uh, minds, especially in traditional finance, um, start to question the utility of something like a hex and probably other cryptos as well. And it's like, it doesn't have to, you know, solve the currency problems of some random country in Africa, which other coins have, you know, said they're going to do yeah. for years and ha still failed to do and have no smart contracts. And, you know, other coins will have smart contracts before they do. Rant over. Sorry. <laughs> but. yeah it's uh it's it's pretty funny the i remember um this was this was a couple of years ago this was like during the whole like bitcoin versus even bitcoin cash mm. and it's like i mean i forget what what exactly like what exactly it was but i was like explaining um this was before like the whole digital gold narrative even like came about but i was like i was like you know the whole kind of like game with cryptocurrency is like a lot of it is just speculative hoarding that's what people are doing they're like storing coins in their wallet and they're not they're not selling so i was like from that standpoint like bitcoin works wonderfully it's like it's great and it's then, storing uh, value yeah it's storing it's literally storing value <laughs> and then they're, they're like oh but like they're they like would start like these uh arguments where it was like oh because like the transaction fee is so high and you can't spend it on like it was just something stupid like spending it on like coffee or spending it at a bar and i'm like first off like if you're doing that with any cryptocurrency it's like it's not even an efficient like payment rail to use like that's the whole point of fiat fiat is junk like you spend junk to buy goods and services you don't fucking spend like your like what you what you consider as like going back to the whole thing stores of value and then it would just like go back to like another just like another attack with yeah. with it not not having like high fees or whatever so even that's, if that's it's why. digital gold you don't whip out gold coins from your wallet yeah. and be like hey here's it pay for my starbucks please no. yeah yeah that's that's why when i when i even even to like a like a large extent like i get you know ethereum the fees are high blah 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 and it's like and and i just remind myself i'm like you know what does it does it actually matter does it actually matter that somebody with like 50 dollars can't can't move money around and no it, it doesn't because there's whales that don't give a shit it's the you same choose thing like to be it, here yep. yeah <clears throat> it's the same thing when it comes to like the the whole thing with like the, the and and dip catcher actually made a very good video on this because i was pretty much on um I, I got exactly what he was saying where he's he it, it was when the fees were really high and he was like I don't know like the, just the like a few months ago really, uh this was this was before I think it was like April of yeah yeah this year yeah. so a few, few months ago yeah he was just explaining like yeah like I don't know like the people that really can drive the prices on this like doesn't those fees don't don't matter to them and I, I that's that's why the whole even back to the whole debate of hex versus p hex like I think it's great. Like, I think it's awesome that 
um, players of like lower size. So I'm not trying to like bag shame somebody. It's just kind of the 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 reality that you face when you when you start to go into like how this market works in practice. But the the thing is the the mechanics between hex and p hex. I mean, it's it's a just a um, the system state gets copied over, and I'm I'm fully expecting like the uh, the smaller retail market can more easily do things on the p hex side. But then also that I'm just thinking like, oh well, you know are they more likely to like stake shorter now? So now you, you may have, you may actually have like selling pressure where, where the, the hex on, on Ethereum is longer stakes. So there's like, so it, it kind of plays into like all these, um, a lot of the psychology with like, cause, cause the, in most cases, like the smaller player also doesn't have the same kind of time horizon or the, it's, yeah. it takes longer to, to figure that stuff out. So I've yeah, have, I have a thought on that while you're mm -hmm. talking there. So sure. I, I agree with your point and that's the going conventional wisdom right now, but also mm -hmm. considering the end stake fees on mm -hmm. Ethereum, mm -hmm. staking really isn't, that bad the cost to start a stake whatever five yeah. ten bucks well i don't know but the cost to end a long stake is significant on ethereum mm. the cost to end a short stake is not at all in my opinion mm. so right. could we see some of these longer expiring or stakes that are expiring uh, that have lasted longer in duration could those move to shorter durations on ETH because it's it's not that bad there, mm -hmm. and ETH becomes the short stake chain? Sure. Or I don't know. And naturally, Pulse should because the fees are we're going to be pennies and fractions. But mm -hmm. will the the average stake length on ETH kind of like roll up to be a short stake chain? Because I mean, you go to end stake something that is what a year and a half hmm. almost two years old i mean last night it was like 1500 bucks but if you do a stake and you say if you're i'm guessing a whale so you got these guys that come across some like whale bot and they stake like 30 million hex for 30 days or something that I bet you, I don't think that transaction costs that much for just a 30 day stake because the computation is so much less right. than a year and a half, a year and three quarters, multiple years down the road. So, I mean, some of these 15 year stakes, they could end up being rather significant with fee costs, but mm -hmm. it just, it, that's made me, it, it's just come to mind over the past couple of days is like, okay, well, I'm looking at you know, these short stakes, if I, you know, stake like, you know, just a small tranche for like 30, 60 days, emergency or not emergency and staking that fee isn't that bad. Well, at least 30 days because I've tried it, mm. but I, I, I assume, you know, 60 days isn't that bad. But I look at stakes that are like have gone on for almost two years and to end those it's like four figures i don't know it, it, there's so many parts to this that i mean we're all gonna i guess unravel them together right and 
we're, we're going to figure it out and the prices are going to fluctuate. And obviously P hex is going to be pennies on the dollars, literally compared to E hex. But um, I'm very curious as to if E hex gets like a shorter average stake length. Cause a lot of people sure. are like, Oh, it's just the, it's just the whales and they're just going to throw everything out for 10 to 15 years because they can afford it. Mm. True. But I mean, if, if you only pay 10, 20 bucks to do a, I don't know, 30 day stake or something, that doesn't seem that bad to me. Yeah. But just an interesting thing that I've been thinking about for the past couple of days. Sure. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't actually run the, the calculation on that as far as the, um, the amount of cost on those 15 year stakes. But yeah, if it's, if it's, let's say during peak congestion around $1,500 for, uh, like after like a one year stake, uh, does the cost just, is it just that times, like if it's a 15 year stake times 15, so it's $1,500 in peak congestion, theoretically times 15. So that becomes like a 20 to $30,000, fee to I, I don't know if it scales that i'd have to go back i, and watch the video I don't from, i don't from know either the the, the uh, dip dip catcher did the calculation on it so i'd have to go back and yeah. watch that video i just haven't paid attention to it for the longer stakes but it's yeah. a good uh, reference point i think he was calculating like how many p shares yeah. you would have to have as like a, a floor to sustainably unstake those and I do acknowledge that we are kind of like in fee madness right now. And I mean, <laughs> the fees that we are seeing are currently yeah. quite crazy. So take that into consideration at the time that this is being recorded, <laughs> but they could very well go way up from here or, or, or way down. But this is yeah. pretty similar to the, the fee, I guess, uh, surge that we had in April yeah. or May. I'm, I'm doing the. I'm just doing the math as far as some of the the stakes that I have that are really far out, and I'm just going off like the appreciation on the the, um, like I'm just speculating on like price of hex in like 15 years, and let me let me just make sure I did this correctly here. Okay, yeah. So I have a very difficult time seeing at least with what i'm calculating and what i'm speculating on um some of the i mean because some of the stakes that that are people are literally going to have like if somebody staked not financial advice by the way i'm i'm just i'm guessing prices but not financial advice but if somebody let's say staked like i don't know 100 if they have like 20 t-shares or something let's just go off, off t-shares instead of what their principle was so 20 T-shares, and today it's 5.8 hacks per T-share. Um, if you multiply that by 365, you get the interest for, for a year. And then if there's still 14 years left on that term until that 15-year stake, it turns into, uh, let's see, so 5.8 times 365 times 14. That turns into roughly close to 600K hacks. And if the price of hacks at the time is like $2 and it could be a lot higher than that. That's $1.1 million in, in, in just off whatever they got off interest. 
so um unless like the cost to but yeah i don't i have no idea what the the, the cost to like unstake it. it could be like i don't know i i, I guess I, I i'm not gonna speculate on on state I, i'll go back and run the calculation because I, I even guess, if it was like twenty five thousand yeah. dollars whatever yeah it doesn't, I mean... <laughs> it doesn't matter that's what i'm saying like yeah. i i i think it's all just relative to how many t-shares the person ended up staking out with that's why I, I personally am not too concerned about it and then i you know i as messed up as it is like if people can't unstake like this is why the whole thing on the on the ethereum side is like wild because now if people can't like unstake then that means they can't sell and then there's less selling pressure that that goes into it so i i don't think it was an, it was inherent to like have that per se but i'm specifically just referencing wallets that are that are smaller that are priced out of the ethereum market because of the gas fees and the gas fees like who knows like in 10 years the gas fees could be a lot higher this happened actually with different contracts on ethereum too where it ended up just pricing out certain individuals and then um they had to go to like another chain or something like that to uh launch like their or or basically move their like project over over to you to um because of like the whole gas fee dilemma yeah mm-hmm. it's i don't i i guess i don't have a, a very good answer of it but i guess somebody could i'm gonna go back and watch the video and just run the calculation because like it's from that I'll, 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 i can consider extreme scenarios when it comes to gas fees because the, the whole thing is on glass node you can you can see what the average uh, GUI prices for Ethereum and see what that trend is over time. So you can make assumptions as far as what the GUI price will be in 10 to 15 years and then run various scenarios as far as what the the actual uh, cost would be. There, there's, def- there's ways to, to do the calculation. It's just you have to look at, um, you have to consider what you think the, the GUI price will be at that time using existing data and then uh, just run the calculation that, that calculates, let's say, over that that five 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 stake and then you'll have a, a pretty reasonable reference in my opinion to go off of okay but i'll yeah i'll see if i find that video i'll send it over to you i, I know that the channel it's it's on though right. yeah i guess that i guess that just means i'm still bullish on on just text on ethereum so. <laughs> And um, what else was I going to say? Um, yeah, just the thought of like the flexibility of or lack of flexibility of Hex came up just from things I see out there. It's like, oh, you can't sell it. And it's like, oh, come on. It's like these generalities that people who don't, uh, bother the, to educate themselves and actually just take a few minutes to read something and understand it. They just immediately dismiss it um, as too difficult. Like even BitBoy was like, you know, in his talk with Nerd Girl, he was like, I'm going to have to, you know, do some more reading on it. Like, bro, the coin's been out for like more than a year and a half. Like, yeah. and not, you, yeah. you have a million followers, a million subs. Like, you should probably like at least know this and it's like, Oh, you can't sell it. Or another one is, um, you know, Oh, if you, uh, 
try to like end your stake early, you get penalized. I'm like, well, yeah, you get penalized. Yeah, that's I mean, awesome. It's... That's why. That's why. Like this. It just. This is. It goes into like these are these are the reasons why I bought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just. It's funny. It's really funny, actually. But and another one right yeah. now is like, um, the gas fee thing. And mm. I, I've seen some hexagons be like, oh, I just had to, um, I had to end stake my hex for like a four thousand or i'm excuse me four digit fee like over a thousand dollars i'm like well the gas fees have only been crazy for i don't know less than a week i was like so really yeah. you didn't have to do that like you can be patient you have a 14 day grace period yeah you can you know wait until like an early sunday morning or early saturday morning here in the u.s when a lot of times fees go down like there there are some options and it comes back to the patients that we were talking to and this is not just trading it's you know actually ending a stake for something that simple but mm -hmm. you just have to you know do your best with the system it's not just buy sell stake you know there, there's a little more to it than that especially when you know the gas fees are in a you know more difficult time like we are right now but it's it's hopefully not going to last forever but then again a couple months from now hopefully we'll have pulse chain and it won't mean as much so. yeah it's it's uh it's pretty because a lot of the the mental psychology too is why like to me it, it's um how do I, I i don't think there's really a nice way i could put this i'm just gonna be very very honest about it but i i call it i just call it the tragedy of the of the pleb and like i'm saying this without i'm not like a whale or anything like that but i but i understand the mental psychology very well because it's like um you're you're projecting like you're looking at these like what you can what are perceived as like cons that are all like bad for price on every single coin basically so it, it's all about like that's the thing i just look at trade-offs and that's that's really about it um and, and i think it's like the whole thing where i i think i've just kind of realized like i think people look at things in absolutes and then there's kind of the reality like where because their their version of the absolute isn't isn't the actual reality that's that's real and that's why absolutes are dangerous like you it more often times like people have incorrect like intuition how something works um things like that so um i guess my only suggestion on that is uh i mean i you if you understand you know reducing velocity of of money for for number go up like that's kind of the simplest i can i can really put it um because i i've had these i just can't do it anymore like i've had these arguments like this was even just with bitcoin to bitcoin cash like i've had these arguments with people years ago and it, to me it's a it's a fractal of what i've already seen and i'm i'm past the point of like i don't <laughs> care. i seriously i don't care i really don't care like i have bags as I said, I have my Bitcoin, I have my Ethereum, I have my Hex, I have my DOT, I have my Liquid Hex for, for P-Hex. Um, you know, I'm good. Like, I have stable coins. Like, I don't care. Like, all these, all these like, the, for from Flebdor that everybody else is fucking bitching about, I don't care. 
I'm you good. If earn your interest yeah, on dot interest, yes. pulse. I'm hex. good. I'm good. I yeah, exactly. It's like you guys can like like fight over this stuff and then not make a decision on anything, and like I'll just keep like my number will keep going up. So I don't I don't care. I just don't care anymore. I just look at I just look at the you know trade-offs and then for for stuff that's been around for longer i'll just look at data that suggests you know what the market could do and just kind of plan around that and that's that's just keep it nice and simple and simple generally is very effective in investing so the the whole thing i it's like just being incredibly neutral is just awesome like you don't have like these uh um you don't have like these issues with uh i i guess that's the whole thing like most it's hard to be um incredibly neutral and look at look at you know things for what it is but i guess i'm i guess that's a, a rare attribute for 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 many things because yeah i guess most of crypto it's chain wars coin wars like my bags are better than your bags tribes, and then tribes yeah. like i don't care i i don't i'm not i don't i'm not a I, 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 uh, I have coins and that's just me. I have, I have coins. I don't like, I don't have like an absolute, I just have things that I believe in and just keep it nice and simple. So. Yeah. yeah I'm totally coin friendly, at least uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum. I mean, that's, that's what I came up with and yeah. I still hold them mm. and I will continue to hold them. It just so happens that I also, you know, in holding them, stumbled upon Hex, which turned out to be pretty darn amazing. And I've continued to learn about it, which has made me feel very secure about it, and which is also why I continued to invest in it. And the same thing goes for Pulse Chain, which, you know, we had the recent sacrifice phase for. So mm. I feel very comfortable with those bitcoin ethereum a couple other ones here and there but yeah i mean if you just lock yourself in to one thing i mean you can have your favorites that's totally fine mm. but i you know what is there just one stock out there that does well like no it like mm -hmm. different you know equities do different things if you, right. if you want something to pay you a dividend you'll buy a johnson and johnson or something like that and that's totally cool because that can be like your portfolio's supplemental income if you want growth then you know mm -hmm. go buy an apple or solar stock or space stock or you know whatever a good one of course but it's like you know what what do you want you know out of your assets and yeah if, I think I, I personally am a huge fan of Hex because the price appreciation, possible price appreciation, coupled with the high interest is unlike any other asset I've ever seen. Yeah. So that is why that is my current favorite. But right. at the same time, I'm not going to dismiss or, you know, get mad at other cryptos because... I, I I own them. I I can see the value yeah. in them. Even if yeah. if if I was not in Hex or Pulse, I could understand why I'd be passionate about Bitcoin. Mm. 
from a store value. I could be more understanding for being passionate about Ethereum, um, or you know, and maybe some other you know things, maybe like a polka dot or something like that. But definitely like an Ethereum. So. Yeah, Ethereum to me is like I, you know, whenever, whenever somebody just asks coins in the market that they don't want to think too much on, honestly, I just tell them like Bitcoin and Ethereum. If you don't want to really think about anything else, yeah. like if you just want solid, guaranteed, like really safe bets, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and then you can, you know, wait until the next cycle. Sure, you'll have to pay higher prices on other things in the in in the market but if you just want something that's more hands-off just pick those two yeah. and it's like because the thing is like when when people talk about like even even the idea of uh i guess you know diversifying or whatever like the thing is crypto because it's i, I mean ethereum did a 30x from its from its bottom and in, in from 2020 up to up or march of 2020 up through may of 2020 that's those are really good gains. Like I, I'm a 30 X. Like, yeah, that's amazing. I'm totally, <laughs> traditional market like, guys yeah. are like 30 X. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, for me, it's like, all right, well, I, for me, it's like, all right, it's no crypto in general. If you just pick the right coins, it, it really just doesn't matter if you like, it gets to a point where it, it, it won't matter anymore. Like I get the whole idea with like people concentrating bets and one thing, like if they, if they have a very strong conviction in something, totally fine. If you're going for outsized returns relative to the crypto market, but I'm also just looking at this like crypto relative to everything else, crypto relative to everything else in and of itself is already basically a concentrated bet in a way, even if you're, even if you're holding like four to five coins, it gets to the point where it won't it won't matter you're just hedging your relative position across a few things in the market and then um <clears throat> and then over time like you there's always opportunity to like keep growing your relative position in the market that's that's kind of the way i look at it because i already know the gains are are in their hit levels of like insanity in this space so um i've kind of i i don't even really like i just don't care even to like relative performance between certain things like i just don't i just stopped kind of following it picked my coins like there's gonna be a lot of things that change over five to ten years acknowledging that mm -hmm. and then just uh reevaluate after every couple of years and i'll keep making my way progressing up the um up the ladder until it gets to a point because really my my um it, it, richard said it actually on stream today where even um so like in the case for like streaming, for example, the the good thing with streams is like you're you're basically reaching out to like an audience that could end up buying crypto one day. So you help increase adoption, so to say, like in, in crypto. Uh, but the one thing I, I've been thinking a lot about, this is actually well before Richard even mentioned this on stream. This is something I've been thinking about for actually quite a while. Um, like when it comes to like even streaming, like a lot of people are just, doing it for for fun which is great like you should always enjoy yourself um but like at the end of the day to me what's what's the real difference maker so there, there's what goes on in your life like you can change a lot of things in your life based off your economic mass but if you want to change something like in the actual world that takes work and dedication and like passion to whatever it is you're 
you're building and it requires money. So, mm. you know, for me, like the, the wealth aspect of it's like yeah. kind of the conduit. And then to do something like that really changes like the, the course of humanity. Um, <clears throat> you can't, it's, it's very different, um, very different uh, compared to like, what's I guess perceived as like, work so to say yeah so i don't know I, I had a lot of agreements with like richard on that granted i i love streaming i i love you know just kind of chilling out on streams like it has its purpose it, it brings a community which is really important you need community and then it just kind of depends on whether you're interested in on doing things you know aside outside of that because like the even even with a lot of the streams on on uh you know youtube it there's certain points where you hit plateaus where you're just kind of talking to the same people. And then after some time, like that's why this whole thing with like medical research, it's really good for marketing. It, it, mm -hmm. It's stuff other people read. You have a way bigger outreach. So things like that help out um, a lot. So, but it's a, it's a pretty smart community when it comes to like the marketing aspects. I forget who did the, there was those, there was somebody that mailed, out like a bunch of letters oh the I forget who was that the yeah, ledger yeah. things the, the ledger things yeah i forget who 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 was that was that. awesome i don't know who it was but that was up, but awesome it was really clever and uh yeah it was it was really it was actually really funny seeing like there was somebody that posted a picture of it on twitter that like advert they basically helped advertise <laughs> advertise it even though it was like more it was an angry post which was really funny so i got a good <laughs> laugh out of that um, and, and ironically, you know, what's happening in the case with like, uh, Eric wall, you know, even, even his dilemma is like, that actually ends up like reaching out to like other outlets that then look into it and they have a different opinion. So that that's like the whole, the whole thing and, um, kind of under just letting things play out naturally ends up usually being fairly fav favorable for for people over a long period of time aside from what what's happening over like a few weeks of like fud or something like that so yeah it's my my main takeaway yeah the streaming thing i don't it's just i think it's i mean i love it yeah it's with, fun it's yeah a lot of fun. with the the hex community because yeah. that's what i've been obviously exposed to mm -hmm. and it's i don't know i i have like a a limit like i can do like a, a day a week maybe two if like it the the news cycle is heavy mm. but to me like i don't and i i say this to the guys that are on my show motley investor and big krakowski and crypto events it's like this has turned in because of this when i say this i in terms of um, hex crypto, this has turned into just more of like a community thing. So it's yeah. like that—that's what this is. I'm not out here to change the world. I mean, I'm out here to to have a really good time and yeah. hopefully do some a little entertainment because that's what I, I try to bring a little bit of that to our show. Right. Um, and you know, get some education in there as well. And there are other streams that, you know, are strictly kind of like education. There are some that are just like community hangouts and let them be them and they have their audience and, and we'll have, we'll have ours. And yeah. it's, it's like, 
it's really interesting because like everybody has their own little favorite shows. So, mm. you know, like, you know, some channels I, I'll see in the comments, Oh, this is my favorite show or on Twitter. Oh, that's my favorite show. Or, or even in, you know, the happy hour uh, comments, you know, like, Oh man, look forward to this. This is my favorite show. So it, there's like something for everybody, but there's so much uh, content. And just when you think the news cycles slow down, that's what's so interesting about, I guess, Hex and Pulse Chain is mm. w- Pulse Chain picked right back up. Like it was like I thought it was going to be like a slow summer because we kind of had like a nice little Hex, I guess, a little bit of a price move like early in the year. And then, you know, Richard forking Ethereum. And then it was just like, oh boy. And now we have pretty much the Pulse Chain launch coming up at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. And after that, he's most likely launching a stable coin and yeah. exchange and alternative to MetaMask. Mm-hmm. And it's like, never ending and rg3 has joked about this before <laughs> where he was like you know oh man can't wait to have like six months off he said this like right before he had richard announced like the the pulse chain fork mm-hmm. and i mean it was it must have been just like a week or two and then that came out and it's just like oh man i can see where this is going yeah and it's like that but i mean we're witnessing in this community, like a whole side of development kind of like from the ground up. So Mm. it's, you know, you know, store value, so to speak, a fork of a, you know, complete system state, possibly a stable coin, possibly a MetaMask wallet replacement, possibly most likely an exchange that's been applied for. Yeah. I mean, all levels and, and like a hiring spree. I mean, it's whether it works or not, it is cool to be a part of, I'm talking about the whole shebang here. Obviously hex works as design. I'm have high expectations for pulse chain, but yeah, um, just this whole ecosystem at such a rapid pace, I, I just uh, I sit back and I wonder, like three years from now, are we going to be like, holy crap! Like we we kind of just witnessed this all explode right in front of our face, and we got to talk about it, and we were there. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not, but it's fun to think about. Yeah, it is going to be fun to think about. Um, so. Um... It's 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 pretty funny because uh, yeah, saying it, there's gonna come a point where the whole thing around cryptocurrency in general gets more universally accepted, just in general in the world. But that comes at a, at a later point in time. Somebody's insecurities now around it, misunderstandings are gonna come at the price of buying significantly higher on the price chart. So. Um, you know, time in the market, having having an open mind to ideas in general, it all it all comes with all of it in itself. You know, your your ability to catch on faster creates a lot of opportunity. So I, I still see like, you know, even comments on, on cryptocurrency where uh, which I guess if you relate it to Bitcoin mining, sure, I guess you can make that argument when it comes to like 
environment or whatever but then but then it's like they they that's their that's their absolute frame they're they're not aware of like staking they're not aware of like these other alternatives that don't use anywhere near that level of energy but since they're since they're you know reading basically uh these social media outlets that mostly just post narratives it's an opportunity cost so you know you're that person's going to be buying at like $150,000 bitcoin one day and saying oh okay yeah this this thing is is great it's wonderful and then it's just to me it's just it's really it's it's re- it's really interesting seeing that cuz now i'm i'm just seeing i'm seeing the same type of like behavior today as i as i did even in 2017 it's just the the there's this uh, a new percentage of people that have entered the market that are here to stay that will make it into like the next really big wave of the cycle and then there's people that are like again it's like a very it's it's just insane because you you only need like if you if you even just have a few percent of the planet adopt crypto the prices are just bonkers at that point it's it's insane it's insanity so it's like all right well you know it's i just call it the law of um the laws of 10x on your stack so for every 10x on your stack you hit the next band in terms of what percentage of of supply that you own and then um just understanding like where the sweet spots are in the market is pretty powerful as well because like it just the slight like it's um I guess most people also just don't realize that when you look at the 99%, a lot of people within like that 99% of percentile of the bracket actually just own like a slice of like that economic energy or that economic mass. But it's like, then everything else gets super, super concentrated, like the higher, the higher you go up. So it's fun. Cause it's like having even a 10th, like a point or 0.1% of the total supply of something is like god tier whale if you if you pick the right coin like that's god tier whale right there so it's just it's really um it's just funny seeing it's i guess it's cool like it's it's great understanding that because it gives me a huge edge in the market but um i guess people that don't want to be saved or have an open minds they're never gonna they're basically never going to be able to like because the opportunity, right? Like it's the, here's the opportunity today. And it's like, when you buy this stuff later, like you're going to be buying it to make like by then a three, like a three X or something on a, on a price chart, which, you know, it, it's just all, it all scales like on, on the economic energy that's in the market. So yeah, um, yeah I guess I'm not really sure where I was going with that, but I guess more, more so an observation yeah. in terms of like the human behavior yeah what's good too is uh to um i guess to to get that because anchor has a three hour limit on the the stream so what i'm gonna do is since the other video is like an hour and a half uh-huh. um what i'll do is I, I can just i can just at least end the the broadcast but uh um what what i'll do is for when i upload the the video um I'll, I'll post i'm gonna post like your twitter tag so people can can follow you and watch watch your shows but i, I guess to to formalize like some sort of outro is there is there a good place for people to follow you uh cabana crypto 
Absolutely. I actually had a couple questions for you, but since we're up against the time limit, I yeah. Guess... Well, well, I can cut. I can cut <laughs> things out, so it's not. Oh, it's yeah? not really. Yeah. All right. I... A couple quick ones then for you. Yeah. Sure. Um, Ethereum flipping. Do you see it happening? And if so, how soon? Um. Yeah. So I. I do believe we will see an Ethereum flipping. Well, you mean you mean for for Ethereum to flip Bitcoin? Yes, basically. absolutely. Yes. So I do expect to see that, and um, timing on that. So I can only give like I have to basically give two possibilities here. So right now the market does look good, and if we do let's say sustain a higher low and then build up into like the next leg, I can see it happening within the next year. Now, if this is a bull trap, because I'm considering that possibility too, if this ends up being a bull trap, then I basically shift the goalpost uh, from one year to two years. But I, but I, but regardless, I would say within sometime before uh, the midpoint of this of this decade. So sometime before, I think that's a pretty generous timeline for Ethereum that I, I do think will inevitably flip Bitcoin because um, what I'm seeing, and and this is why, like, from my view, Ethereum is just, it's going to be very valuable in the future. It's the most secure network in crypto, the most secure network. Uh, it's for, for all the, for, you know, the, the gen three coins like that, that are out today, Every, everything is basically scaling and attaching off of Ethereum. So Ethereum is a very, from my viewpoint, it's just a very super, secure chain and i think that has a ton of value um you know it, it's already hit sustainability with the community uh and i guess to an extent like i don't really care if you buy ethereum or not but i you know i at the very least i i do think it's inevitable that bitcoin does get flipped now there there is certain things in play right now with like the whole infrastructure bill and the verbiage of that and there's some uncertainties that comes to the politics but uh, regardless, I, I do see staking just being the go-to in the future, and I don't think Bitcoin's going to die. Like, it, I just think at a certain point, um, Ethereum is going to take that position as the number one, and then uh, anything like any of the Gen three coins that are that are building on top of that can um, end up becoming incredibly valuable too. Because there's a shit, there's a lot of liquidity on Ethereum, and I, I think it is to to an extent going to go in like a multi-chain sense and that part is still being um figured out in the market as far as which multi-chain what multi-chain environment will have value alongside ethereum will it be just evm based layer ones will it all migrate to l2s will it go into you know layer zero chains and that that part i think is the open question um but i but regardless of that result i think ethereum is just going to be incredibly valuable and just another fun one for the last one um, mm -hmm. that I had for you. Could you name a coin if there is one outside of the top 50 in market cap? Because I know you like a few inside the top 50, but is there one outside of the top 50 that you're like, eh, I'm kind of like keeping an eye on this one as a, you know, maybe a possibility to invest in in the future? I, I'm just going to say synthetics. That's that's kind of my if I had to pick if I had to pick one, um, whether the price is good right now I I don't know. Um, I would say a lot of that just depends on Bitcoin and Ether to to determine what constitutes is is good price right now. But in terms of just DeFi, 
Um, I don't think I don't really imagine they're going to disappear anytime soon. Let me let me pick let me pull up actually the price chart for SNX token. So it looks like okay, so it's trading around eleven. Yeah, you know what? I'll have to read. I, I I'm just gonna say SNX, um, not financial advice, of course. And then I I need to actually go back and reread what the state of layer two is. Uh, because I I know the vision, at least for Layer 2, partially had to do with exchanges, possibly Coinbase at some point, offering direct withdrawals into Layer 2, which could really help uh, bootstrap some of the adoption for that kind of stuff. But yeah, in terms of derivatives, probably just synthetics for now. Well, cool. Thank you for obliging. Mm -hmm. No problem. Now, close the show. Sure. All right. So where's the best place for people to follow you, Cabana? Uh, yes, sir. Just pretty much the name. I got it everywhere. So Twitter, at Cabana Crypto. You can go to cabanacrypto.com, which will take you to the YouTube channel and Instagram, Facebook. I mean, pretty much any main social platform, TikTok, Cabana mm -hmm. Crypto. Yep. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. And, and there, there will also be a... For, for anybody listening, there will be a uh, a tag for Cabana, so you can find his Twitter directly from the tag as well. And um, yeah, check out his check out his uh, his YouTube channel. Uh, has a lot of videos, a lot of or a lot of lot of streams uh, during yeah. happy hours on Fridays. Oh, so yeah, we do happy hour Fridays five Eastern Standard Time, and Wave Three is quite often a guest on the show. So. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, good deal. Yeah, good stream. And uh, we will uh, we'll see you guys in the next one. Take care. Take care, everybody.